Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. As long as it's all good, we want to welcome you to the House That Happens, sponsored by Shuey's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times. The best dive bar in the city. I'm going willing to bet it's the best dive bar in the country. Because you know why? We keep the vibe alive. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Bellani. And we're here to talk about all the insidious, ignorant, insane things that have happened in the last couple weeks in sports. How you doing, buddy? Oh boy, it's been a crazy last couple weeks for me. Uh, first of all, shout out to uh, my friends Dom and Amelia for tying the knot. Beautiful wedding that they had uh, up in Newmarket. Most excellent. Congratulations. Yeah, great night. There was, uh, it was at a greenhouse and with uh, a raccoon living in the facilities, of all things. Just wait a sec. You had a raccoon and a greenhouse. Yes. Did someone bring papers? <laughs> just saying. There's just something about there, that there was, combination that, that makes me think, hmm, must have been a good time. There was there were some wheat consumptions. So. Oh, I bet you there was. Anytime there's a raccoon. However, not only congratulations to your friend of their wedding, we last time when I, I did a replay on our last show, and it was remiss of me not to put forth the significance of Mr. Milani turning 30 years old. Yes. We blew by that a little too quick at the time, <laughs> so I want to revisit to say, now that you are 30 years old, you have no reason to vote liberal again. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying anything about premature ejaculation, because that's your 30 years old. <laughs> uh, we also want you to understand that you probably have learned to um, hold the doors for the women when they go in first. For All sure. those things, you know what I mean? And you've acquired a, what would you call it, a reasonable amount of sports history due to the fact you've been watching since you were a kid. Oh, absolutely. You know and what I think you know, like, I'm very into sports history. And oh, of course. And it's, all that. And that's what I'm saying, because we, we were, I've talked about it many times, me me being the old man on the show, not just turning 30, it's always, I mean, the joke is what Winston Churchill always said, if you don't vote liberal when you're young, you got no heart, but if you're still voting liberal when you're over 30, you got no brain. <laughs> <laughs> not that we'll go there, we're not a political uh -oh. show. However, but. I would like to say that, that the... Um, um, the turning 30 is a is a big thing. I think your best years are between 40 or 60, but when you turn your 30s, it's your chance to establish what you're going to be for the rest of your life. I agree. I and agree. what you're doing here is going to go a long way down to the future, Mr. Milani, in my humble opinion. Anyway. Let's hope. Well, you know, if I might throw this in there, we have been watching a lot of shows trying to refine what we're going to do to define what we are at the House of Happens. Can I say one thing? I'm going to put, I'm going to put, everyone, is, I try to watch a Canadian show. And I don't want to insult them, but I want to trade Milani for Hayes on Overdrive. Can I say that on her show? Of course we can. <laughs> we're not affiliated with uh, the three letters. So. No, definitely not. And we're trying to establish the fact that the house that happens is always about the fans. Fans first. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. And what's between the lines. And what's between the lines. That's most important in the house that happens. And, and speaking of going, what's going on between the lines, a lot of interesting things have been going on in the hockey world, especially yes. at the advent of the All-Star Game. Yeah, so, um, I mean, first of all, do you want to get to Bettman's tanking comments yeah, first? Yeah, I, I, I'm quite interested in where he's going with this. So, yeah, so uh, if you haven't heard, he basically said straight up, teams don't tank in our league. Ah! <laughs> Mind you, ah! I'll defend him a little bit. Out of the 32 teams this year, how many of them are actually tanking this year? I'm one. saying Chicago. That's, that's, I, th uh, I think that's the only one. I really, I think the other teams are doing, but I'm going to tell you this much. We're getting down to 20 games left. 
Okay? 30. 30, okay. 30. But when we get down to 20 games left, you talk to me about the tanking then. Because suddenly when everybody on my beloved Montreal Canadiens are sitting on the bench and everyone's got an upper body injury or a lower body injury or breaking up with their girlfriend, we'll talk about it then. We're going to talk about a couple other teams going to be down there. I think maybe Arizona might suddenly develop some kind of lose-itis. I mean, they already kind of have that. I think they're just uh, hamstrung by their, uh, by their payroll. Okay, maybe that's the point. You, you got a point there. But if we're going to talk, bring up Mr. Batman at the All-Star break, I think this is, what, his 30th year? Yep. What's it, what do you think his tenure is as commissioner of the league? How money. Do you, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's made these owners lots of money. Okay, so but now we got to talk about the quality of the game. The, um, the quality of the game, the ratings, who's picking it up? For example, ESPN is, was supposed to be the ones that's going to be more money, and the salary cap hasn't gone up. This is the year the salary cap is supposed to come up. Is not with Next, season. Next, Next season. Next season. Oh, okay, so if Mr. Batman's listening, there's been a rumble around the league that I want to talk to Mr. Batman if he happens to be listening to the house that happens. is Which we, we have, know he is. Of course. <laughs> um, the bottom line is I think that we have to change the playoff system. Oh, when, once you had the players, you know, getting into that, like Crosby, Crosby McKinnon, brought like the, it up, the, the yes. Big, you know, like, and, and the, all of them brought up the Toronto-Tampa thing, which I thought was hilarious. Okay, because you know what it is, though? I think it's an interesting point because there's nothing to talk about, about who the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be playing. What's the uh, what's the options? Because they're going to play Tampa we know, Bay. We know. Okay, so I, I did hear some different pundits give different views on it, and they said... They are really intrigued by the intensity of the rivals that are created because now you know that Tampa's going to have to play Toronto again. So you've got like a sequel. It's like you're building a franchise or some nonsense. I call, I call BS yeah, on that. Yeah, that, but you're doing it so artificially. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And another thing that really wrecks it for me is like once you're on one side or the other, there's no shifting. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you're etched in stone. So if you upset somebody in the first round... Then you stay here to you get stay a in that side of the yeah, bracket, yeah, that, or in that corner of the or that, bracket, or whatever. I say. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't agree with that. I think they should go back to one and eight. What was wrong with that? Well, I, I, I under at first I remember when I thought about it, I go, yeah, building rivalries because that what that means is that the division it, it puts a little bit more onus on the regular season, I believe, mm -hmm. because you got to get one of those top three spots, so to speak. If, okay, if it's one through, or are you saying with the with system, the system now? And now? Okay, yeah, okay, but. When you're talking about it long term, I don't think it's fair because wouldn't it be better if Tampa Bay and Toronto met like in the semifinals or around later? You would think. Or they lose to another team and they're not there anyway. We mm -hmm. don't know. They got to play the game. I'm just going to go back to something and I'm going to say, and please understand this, people. I have got no horse in the T race being Tampa Bay or Toronto. I will still say this. If you go back and look at last year's playoffs, that was a first round series might have been the best series in all of the playoffs and that's saying a lot we had we had Ooh. 16 team make the playoffs. what player now i thought the calgary edmonton thing was good too but that ended too quick it ended too quick yeah 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 and the and the uh and the finals were anticlimactic in a in a weird kind of way because it looked yeah. like tampa bay looked ran out of gas they were out of gas yeah yeah so it, it didn't have the intensity as the games before you know what i'm yeah, saying because i'm trying to think because that the florida tampa series was horrible oh uh, like absolutely I'm, that was yeah, horrible. You might be right. Toronto Tampa might have been the best series all playoffs. All playoffs. That's what I'm saying. If you if you look along the way, uh, we will review it. But I, um, I forget who was playing. Um, um, who did Colorado play in the round before? 
Edmonton? Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So Edmonton gets there and Connor McDavid lays an egg. So I'm saying that series had no intrigue. You knew after two games that Colorado Mm -hmm. was punching their ticket to the final. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and the same with Tampa Bay. But, I mean, they had a little bit more of a battle to get there, which is is probably why they were worn out. But, Mr. Batman, if you're listening to us, I'm sure all the owners are quite content with the – filthy lucre that they have generated over your period as the commissioner oh for sure however the quality of the game i do not think i mean the quality of the playoffs has uh has not been better than any time before with this new format and i'm no no i'm we here at the house that happened are screaming go back to one and eight do you agree yep uh like the the whole thing about like building rivalries like that's a bunch of nonsense because before when it was one through eight toronto they did it wasn't like they had trouble building rivalries because they played Ottawa four or five years. Yep. They played New Jersey two years in a row. Yep. They played Philly two years in a row. Yep. Okay, so... What am I missing? I don't get it. Uh, 100%. I, 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 there's no doubt what you're saying. So what I'm saying is that when you look at other sports, that's how it develops on its own. Yep. You know what I mean? We don't need to say this is what... We're going to plug in a rivalry. I've never heard of plugging in a rivalry ever. The, the Hatfields and McCoys never plugged in nothing. They just wanted to kill each other. I mean, they're, they're trying to, I guess, recreate what they had in the 80s, but that's it was a different time. It was a 21-team league. As opposed to now. Yeah, with, with 16 teams making the play. It's completely different. Well, I, I sometimes think that if you're going to play 82 games and close the schedule down, go 1-8 if you want to go that way, because sometimes I just think there's too many regular season games. Personally. Yeah, but it sounds like they're, they're ready to add more, though, because the NHL, like, don't forget, it's a gate-driven league. Okay, right? agreed. Well, we're going to get to that a little bit later, the difference between what draws people to the NHL as opposed to what t- people draws to the NFL, to the NBA. But mm-hmm. that's – give us a few minutes to get there. I just want to know what was your take on the All-Star weekend? Uh, oh, actually, one more thing I was going to ask you about the playoff format. Okay. Do, you, do you still stand by your take that Toronto – is going, going to the third round. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. Let's get back. Okay. We're going to get to a play. Okay. Okay. Let's get the All-Star thing. I got lots to say about your Toronto Maple Leafs. And by the way, people, I wish we were going to go visual soon. There seems to be something in the air because Milani and Cruz are wearing colors today. <laughs> <laughs> They've definitely defined what side of the fence we're on, but we'll get to that in a bit. If it hasn't been uh, determined defined already. already. Yeah. Because you know what the house that happens, we keep ha- tabs on the Habs. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good line. I love it. Um, but yeah, All-Star Games. So I watched all of the All-Star. I almost called it Saturday Night. All-Star, I guess, the skills that you just call it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. What a what a sad sight that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be quite honest. I have to be honest if I'm nothing. I did not watch one minute of anything on the All-Star break, nor did I, which we'll get to later, watch one minute of anything to do with the Pro Bowl. I watched a little bit of the Pro Bowl, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But So All-Star skills, I watched that, that entire show. So, I mean, I, the All-Star game is in such a weird place. All these leagues, All-Star games, I would say. I'm going to get into this a little bit more in and upon further review that I'm working on. But... Like there, there was a, the the stupid like slam dunk skills <laughs> shootout. Oh my god, get rid of this! Mitch Marner dressed like Don Johnson. Like he didn't even have a good move. Like going to the net. Like it was it was so bad. Like Ovi Jr. Hokey? came out. That was that was cute. But like the Kachucks did. I can't even remember what the Kachucks did. Like 
Uh, then Pasternak did the Happy Gilmore thing. I guess if I had to choose, that was the best one. But even then, oh, I like, would I would say too because he was in the Boston uniform. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, so you got yeah. Okay, but I'll, even then, it didn't. It's not something that's gonna like blow your socks off. No, no. And I think what it is is that the NFL, the the this is going to be the theme of the show today. In my opinion, I'm going to open the door to it right now. I think the what the NHL was trying to do is they're trying to show that they have some personality. Because well, guess what they, what they failed. Oh, miserably, <laughs> I thought, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to develop some personality because basically, no matter what you say at the end of the day, when we turn on a hockey game at night, what are we watching? We're watching a show. And what's a show supposed to do? It's supposed to entertain. And what entertain you? The stars of the show. Yep. Correct? So what I'm saying is that it was interesting because I think Brad Marchand is vermin in my house to start. But he had an interesting comment just before Boston bitch slapped Toronto before the All-Star break. And he was saying, the chirping on the ice isn't what it used to be like back in the day. Oh, I bet. Because nobody wants to back up what they're saying and everybody wants to be a robot. Okay, because they go out for their 45-second yeah. shift, go I, back to the thing, look at their little pad, drink their Gatorade, and jump back on. I would take it a step further and say, like, these guys just don't know how to trash talk. Okay, is that because of the coaching or what, what, what's causing this? I, I don't know. It's probably just, like, the environment that these players were brought up brought in. Brought up you know, in. Okay, so Kind of, like, stay in your lane. Okay. It's, it's, just, it's just a generational thing, I think, like kids like these zoomers nowadays like they don't like they're not going out like you know like interacting like meeting people it's all like everyone just on their uh, on their phones like staying in their own lanes clickbait city that's sure. all it is because now you're a superstar when you're clickbaiting but when i see your face you don't say a word my question is this if you're going to sell the league you have to sell personalities to a point i agree and what's happening in the nhl is i'm just saying who is the dominant personality in the in the nhl marshawn the guy looks like vermin <laughs> If I, had, you know what? if I had a shotgun, I'd shoot him in the ass so he doesn't go suck my chicken's eggs. Some of the stuff he's been like he's been going with like the last few weeks. I don't know. I'm starting to enjoy Brad Marchand a little bit more. Okay, listen, ever, I'm gonna be honest. Ever I since, hate ever, the guy. Hold on, hold on. Ever since the licking shit, which I thought was just fucking disgusting. Oh yes. <laughs> since yeah. then, I think he's really started to clean up his act. He's not being as much of a fucking douchebag on the ice. Okay, maybe. He's but becoming more of a kind of like a fun-loving kind of like personality. Some of you're like, like, I don't mind someone that like stirs the pot a little bit. Okay, but I, I say it's a con. Here's what I'm saying, and it's like the Jordan con. When the referees used to say, don't talk to Jordan before the game. Because then what, this is what Marshawn's doing now. He's trying to get chummy with the guys to get him, then get him under the oh, skin. Oh, of course. And then when, he get, when the game starts, he flicks the switch, and he's the biggest bastard on the planet. However, who are we talking about right now? Brad Marchand. Why? Because he's a personality. End the of only story, one. and that's what I'm saying. And he's the one that's bringing it to the table that he's saying the reason we're not getting the exposure that we should sometimes get is due to the fact that we don't have any personality. You know what I mean? My favorite personality debate in the NHL was when uh, I get when PK Subban was at kind of like the height of his fame, and like he he was too much personality for some and not enough for others. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. And now PK's out of the league. That's another story unto itself. Mm -hmm. But um, if they're going to sell the NHL to get up to um, to, to what they want to say is that something is correlated to the ratings, ESPN money, and salary cap going up. Yep. So my question, not my question, is not only do I want to see them go to one and eight, I'm thinking if you look what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks right now, is a lesson to be learned in the fact that they won three Stanley Cups in what, six years? Six years. Okay, then they had to dismantle the team 
because of a super hard ca- salary cap. Yep. I'm not having, we've discussed this on the show before. I don't have a problem with the super hard, sorry, calorie cap. It's just that every other league has an out or an angle or an option. Yeah, and, and the NHL doesn't have one. That doesn't have any. So what is the sense in building a team when you know that you're not going to go anywhere down the road? You're going to have to dismantle it. That being said, I have noticed in the last couple of years, the Boston formula seems to be working. As for the Toronto Maple Leafs formula is starting to work. In that, they've developed players, which they bring in, and they work them for three or four years. Word around the campfire is maybe the best defenseman unit in the NHL belongs to the Boston Bruins. Oh, yeah. Mr. Milani, how many of those defensemen can you name? Uh, Hempis Lindholm, Brandon Carlo. You're good. Grizzlick. McAuliffe. What's that guy? McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. Um... Oh man, I'm, I'm blanking. On I couldn't name two, four. But... I, I could name two. So you're naming four, but that's not my point. My point is they are the most effective defense in the league. And what they've done is they've now played together for two or three years. Some of these guys started in the minors and have moved up to Boston. Yep. They're all under contract for most of them. So they're all cap friendly. So what it affords Boston the opportunity to do is have those four top end players that you're going to pay. That's going to affect your salary cap. Well, Boston's also in a unique position as well, where they're like, they're the only team that like regularly gets guys to like take below market value for their contracts. Why, do they know they're screwing around on their wives? <laughs> like, what's going on? I don't get that. It's, how, it's, it's, it's a it, team it, first. I don't know how they convince all these guys to do it. That's been going on for generations because the Boston Bruins has the reputation of being one of the cheapest <laughs> operations in the league. That's no doubt. That goes way back to the... But they still spend to the cap. So, I oh, mean, of course, the cheapness of thing I don't think is... Uh, well, no, it's not really relevant because, of course, every you got to play to the cap if you want to win. But what I'm saying yeah, is they have sure. a way of... Um, when I'm talking about the defensemen, that's the example. Somehow they got all these guys under contract and they built them to a point. Now, look at them. They're the best. Like Boston's doing unbelievable things in the season. After all is said and done, this is going to be a record-setting or a... Close to. Precedent-setting season in the NHL. Now, let me get something straight here. I hate defending the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I do believe that in some ways they are building along the same lines. If you look at their defensemen and their, especially their third or fourth lines, these guys have all been around the organization for five or six years. Yeah. They're all under 30. Most of them are under contract. I hear Bunting's going to come up, and I think he's building himself a better contract. Yeah, he's probably going to, like, their talk is like the three to $4 million range is going to be his cap hit. The next contract? I, I think that would be good, especially in, in advance of knowing that supposedly the cap is supposed to go up. But I'm just saying it's a smart, smart move on their part being this way. Um, these guys are under contract for the next couple, three years. Uh, the big boys are already paid. So you're going to have room for maneuverability. And yeah, but what like, they- don't forget, Nylander and Matthews, the last year of their contract is next year. Well, then they'll deal with that after next year. But I'm saying they were very wise. Like, for example, I heard a lot of people talking about um, Hyman. What, why did they let him go? He's top 10 in the league in scoring. Well, he's playing with freaking Connor McDavid. You knew the guy was going to be something, yeah. but you can't pay everybody. The other thing is the Jack Campbell situation where he also seemed to go to Edmonton. Where, like, I don't think the Maple Leafs should have paid for them, even though he's been playing infinitely better in the last month. Yes. Yes, 100%. You, yeah, you, you got to – it's it's a tough – like tight rope to walk with this cap space situation right agreed and like especially like the Leafs have made a conscious decision it looks like to spend like basically five to six million in their goaltending tandem and once you're paying like Campbell was like what he's four and a half or five on his own so that puts you in a difficult situation to find a good backup so 
Uh, you got to be creative, which they're obviously doing. Oh, very, very well. Which comes up to me before we talk about the de- deadline. Let's not get away from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And also, a- it sounds like I've been reading things. It sounds like Jake Muzzin's career is probably That's over. That's sad. Can we have a shout out to Jake Muzzin? I hope whatever you're doing, buddy, that uh, you're comfortable. Yeah, you're comfortable, I hope so too. I, and I and I uh, comfortable, and I hope you got your family surrounding. You. It's going to be okay. I'm not your biggest fan. But I'm all about your health. Yeah. I've always liked Jake Muzzin, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, back to those days in L.A. Oh, By the yeah. way, do you know he was a Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick? Yes, he was. And then they just didn't sign him once. Yeah, because uh, once. They, at the time, it seemed that Pittsburgh had too many defensemen or something. They I don't know if I bought that. No, they were paying Latang then still. And who else? Somebody else that's out of the league, a Russian. I can't Gonchar? remember. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but yeah. you would have been able to bring him in for cheap. Though. I don't I, I think they I probably saw they something I think they probably just misjudged him. Oh, well, that's that's the rule around the league. Everyone makes mistakes. That's that's going to be Pittsburgh's mistakes. But anyway, huge shout out to Jake Muzzin. We hope things in the future are going to be better, and we see you around the rink in any event because that, he was supposed to be a key piece for making the Toronto Maple Leafs a little tougher when the playoffs roll around. Yep. So there's a lot of talk in the city. What what what's going to make a successful season for the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I've been on record as believing that they're going to get to the conference finals. Okay, so back to that. Yes. So. I want to I want to pose this to you. Don't you think you're kind of underselling Tampa and Boston cuz those are the two teams they'd have to get through. Okay, so if they We're talking about the defending Eastern Conference champion and this team that's just like blowing everyone in the league. Okay, so they beat Tampa Bay in the first round this year. You and think, they meet Boston in the conference you finals. You think it's just that easy? I you're don't not know. giving you're Tampa any one, credit? I, I, listen, can I tell people what you're wearing? I'm sticking up for you. You're starting to sound like overdrive. They're crying. <laughs> oh, my God, we're not going to make it. What are we going to do? Stop it. You're going to either win or you don't. So I'm saying no. You beat Tampa Bay in the first I'm not round. Gonna, I'm not going to count my you, chickens you before they hatch. You missed by a goalpost last year. You have our goalpost in overtime from going to the next round. What, what have the Leafs done this year to prove that they can beat Tampa? Well, that They're things consistent. Are different. They're consistent. They're consistent during the regular season last year. Okay, they're consistent. Okay, so then they've maintained that consistency. I can't believe I'm defending the Toronto Maple Leafs. But anyways. I I, I don't know. Like, Listen, I've been a Leaf fan my whole life. You should have a little bit more I need to see results before I believe it. Okay, now we're going to call him Andrew Doubting Thomas Milani. Do you want to put your (laughs) hand in the wound? Let's go see Austin Matthews and hold this hand, who seems to be on some kind of a, what do you call load Load management. management. Okay, let's not say that in the NHL. Because it's we, we should true be though. Let, Listen, let's let's not beat around the we, bush. Okay, so let's listen. The core of these guys on this team right now have been on the Leafs for the last two years in the playoffs. What is it? Eighty percent of their roster have been on the team for the last two years in the playoffs. Yep. Okay, they got bitch slapped by Montreal, and they just didn't they didn't get the break in the Tampa Bay series. These guys have experience mm-hmm. now. They're battle driven. I think what you guys should be really worried about is can Samsonov carry you through the playoffs cuz Matt Murray is not going to do it. No. No, it doesn't Where's look Mr. that way. Where's Mr. Murray now? Uh on the Back IR. Back on the <laughs> IR. Like I was I did not see this coming but everybody says they did. Everyone said that's why they went the two. Now I'm going to go back. We'll and see. I mean, it's there's still a long way to go. Matt Murray, he could be that guy. Like, hey, he's with Pittsburgh in the past. He was that guy. Like when Flurry couldn't finish the job, he stepped in there, right? Um, let me. How do you put it this way? I used to be 30 years old and run faster. <laughs> no, that's not cutting it for me. The guy's either got to play it or not. And the deal is, I I, I want to check the tapes. I do believe that I said that I thought Samson Knob would be, be the, the first The first guy was going to be your guy. And he played well last night. He did. Okay, so there you go. And you got that unit of defensemen where they finally said, O'Reilly, 
I mean, no, not Riley. Riley, yeah. you have to play defense. And he's finally uh, out of he's, the minuses. What do you know? You know there you go. He, I, I've been watching that closely. He has creeped above, which is important if he's going to be your main defense guy. So I'm saying this. If you look around the league now, Colorado's in trouble. No, I think. they're not. They're, oh, moving they, up. they're moving up in the standings. Did you see them against Tampa Bay? Uh, I saw the score. <laughs> oh, I watched the game. Like, uh, I don't know. That's just no, that's no, one no. regular season game. Whoa, wait a second here. No, I'm going to take a look right now. Are they even in the playoffs? Yeah, they're third speak? place in the Central. Oh, yeah, they have moved up. Okay, so the question being is this. I don't think that they're – first of all, McCarr has got injuries that I'm thinking that they're not telling us about because he's not mm. playing 100 – he's not looking himself. Okay, so why is that? I don't know. Okay, yeah, they lost Kadri, so they lost a big part of that edge. That well, they're gonna, they're gonna. I think they're gonna trade for a center at the deadline. They could. Who? Ryan, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is a potential one. I could think a little reunion there. That could be very interesting. Okay, what about the guy from San Jose, Meyer? Is Toronto gonna? He's, get he's him? a he's winger, gonna, though. Well, okay, but anyway, he's got some grit. He does. So I know, Colorado, I know Lee fans are going nuts for... Oh, I hear it every they day, the lead. Him. But I'm saying, why would you <laughs> I don't know how they could fit him, but... Where we're... No, okay, maybe they could get him closer because they can, if they, they'll just junk Matt, Matt Murphy's... I mean... Um, That's uh, a tough sell. I think I think if you're going to jettison the contract, it's going to be Alex Kerfoot. But they should keep him. Hmm. I don't love Kerfoot. I'm not I mean, he's, I like he's Jamrock. Nice. I'm like whatever his name is. I'm like Jamrock. I'm like Bunting. They're your sixth. They're, they're, they're the guys that are making the difference story. Mr. Milani, think about this. The difference in your team is when the top guys shut each other down, then you got to look to your third and fourth line. That's a I get gimme. That. That. I get got that. The line. And a lot of games, your third and fourth line has been better than the other team's third and fourth line. Everybody played defense for you guys last night. You got a shutout. Shout against out. Columbus. Let's not get ahead uh, of ourselves. I'm the not, last place team say- in the league. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying that all of a sudden you guys, it's a revelation. But you did your job. And every night, every day you go to work, when you go to work, I go to work, we got a job mm-hmm. to do. When they go out, their job last night was to make sure that Columbus didn't get anything. And they didn't. Even though there's a couple of players on the Columbus roster, they should think about needling that maybe they bring over. But why does Toronto need, what does Toronto need? I mean, there's a few things you'd want. So one is like some defensive depth. So maybe like a bottom pair guy. They're not. I mean, in a in an ideal world, you'd want like another top four guy. But like, I don't know how they. Everybody in the league's gonna exactly, get that. exactly. Okay, so you know what I think Toronto Maple Leafs need? They need two things: personality and grit. Hmm. Two things they don't have. I don't give well, a that's damn. What that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, a, like a, you need a. I think you'd want to have like another bottom six forward, a gritty guy, that very gritty guy, and, and then got, same with like a bottom pair D. Same thing, a guy who can bring a little bit of grit to the lineup. Okay, you, okay. So here's another problem. This is not a problem, but this is how I look at things. Did you know that Aberjacky on the Montreal Canadiens is one of the leading point penalty guys in the league? Yes, I did actually. Okay, so does that make him a deterrent? What do you mean? Like okay, the Montreal's power, uh, penalty killing hasn't been one of the top in the league this oh. year. So a couple times maybe he's taken penalties that affect him along the way. But do you what? Do I tell him to change his game? Well, I mean, listen. The way I see it is like I'd rather have a guy that like you got to reel in a little bit rather than a guy you got to give that extra motivation to. Okay, so he, then, he's still young. So, so exactly, yeah. he's only twenty two. So my point of bringing him up is if the Toronto Maple Leafs had one player with that much moxie, who the only guy that seems to show that is Bunting, and he's only getting like fifteen minutes a night. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like bunting, like uh, bunting. Like I, I, I love him, but like he needs to cool it a little bit lately. He's been getting. It's been a little uh, Jordan Biddington esque. Uh, I would. I'm not going to deny that. However, I'm still saying that that's why. Here, here's my point. I'm getting at. Okay, I've been watching hockey for 50 years, bro. 50 years plus. And what I always notice is when it gets into the playoffs and it gets down to the end, it's always going to be that guy that has that something inside of them that you can't find in analytics. Mm -hmm. That's something little. And I'm saying that the Toronto Maple Leafs are so regimented in a good way that when you get in the third period, they don't know what to do when there's a situation gets out of hand. Like, who's the guy that gets up and punches a guy in the face? Who's the guy that knocks someone on their ass? Who's the guy that's going to do something that changes the dynamic of the game? The Leafs have a formula. It goes forward. As long as they're going forward and the formula is working, they win. Like last night. However, if That's somebody, the problem with the playoffs, though. That's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's the old Mike Tyson thing. Yeah. Everyone's got a game plan. Until they, they get punched in the face. The, exactly. So when, what's Toronto Maple Leafs going to do when someone punches them in the first in, in the face? And you don't think that Tampa Bay, if they play them in the first round, what's Tampa Bay going to do? They're going back to playing physical hockey with Kucherov cussing them out in Russian. It sounds like you're uh, contradicting your Leafs to the third round take. Well, no, I'm still saying they're going to do it, but I'm saying that I'm, I'm betting on that they're going to have someone's. But you're saying they don't have that guy, though. They got Bunting. He's not that guy. Well, they got to have he, something. Bunting, Bunting's got a mouth. That's, okay, that's about so it. I don't want to contradict myself. So I'm going to put it this way If the Leafs' formula works, they make it to the conference finals. If someone bitch slaps them in the first two games of the playoffs, I will come on the show and said, I'm wrong. They're the same old Leafs. They're the same old little bitches that every time something happens, Austin Matthews got to call his mom. Marner's looking for his dog. And Dubas <laughs> is going to be looking for his job because that's where I want to go. What's going to happen with your buddy Dubas? Dubas. I don't know. He doesn't have, have a no contract. Idea. He's got to make a move. He's the guy that built this team with Shanahan. Shanahan put him in his pocket. Oh, I know. So now what happens if the Toronto Maple Leafs do go out in the first round? What happens to the Toronto Maple Leafs? They go out in the first round. Well, I, I think Mr. that's the end of Dubas. Mr. Maple Leaf? I think that's the end of Dubas. Okay, so this guy has structured a roster that is as steady as any team in the league. He's got them all under the cap. His only problem has been finding the goaltender. So you just fire his ass? Well, it's also been winning a playoff round. Is that good? He's not on the ice. I don't see him strapped on the He put the team together. So he that, hired the coach. So that he's got a, That's his guy. So what? Do so they both go? I can see that. Wow. Wow. Then, then, then or at he, least put like Keith in like a lame duck situation. Until, I think like, that would be worse because how the players trust him because then they know he's a lame duck and that's the worst thing in the NHL. They okay, fire then fire both of them. That's well, probably oh, what happens. I want to have it on this day. It's now February 11th, I believe, 2023. Mr. Andrew Milani said, fire them all. <laughs> you heard it. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. I'm not saying that's what I do. I'm saying I'm that's saying what's going to happen. I'm going to keep tabs on the Habs because that's pretty crazy when you're thinking from a Leaf diehard. I just slapped him and Leafs fell out of his shirt, guys. If you're listening out there, okay. I don't know what you're going to do. What I'm trying to figure out is that I'm thinking about people like Serge, who's a bar owner, 
and the guy in your neighborhood that owns a bar and the restaurant. And it's about time that these people got more business for supporting the Toronto Maple Leafs as hard as they've been. And after the first round, everyone forgets about it. And that's a lot of commerce that we lose in the city. Just look at it from yeah. that point of view. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I've thought of that. I've okay, thought so about that a lot. So anyways, we're just, we're, we're, we got lots of time to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up in the thing. And we're not going to keep tabs on the Habs today because we don't want to be trading a lot of our guys. I heard a, a crazy rumor, and I think that this would be good, but it's not going to happen because I'm going to run and lock the door personally. I'll run to Montreal. The perfect guy that would work for you guys right now is you stole Anderson from the Montreal Canadiens. Josh it, Anderson? It, wouldn't he be a guy? <laughs> Funny enough, he's a guy like he was in my notes today. Oh, really? Because it, uh, it hit me. I was looking at his stats. I'm like, this guy's got Cy Young numbers. With okay. his, his goal assist uh, stat line. Okay. <laughs> Every season, it's it's... It's interesting. Yeah, but I'm saying that guy is a guy. And notice that Montreal put the A on his shirt. Oh, did they? Yes, I missed they that. did. They put the A on that. his shirt. So what they're saying is that he's got the intangibles that they're going to need. Now, someone said he's going to come up at the trade deadline. I'm of the belief the guy's only, what, 26, 27? Yeah. Do not trade Anderson. There should be I a don't... certain thing. I'm going to keep tabs on the Habs. There's at least five or six guys that we should keep no matter what, and get rid of those goddamn stupid blue uniforms. <laughs> I don't know. I actually kind of like those Stop blue it. uniforms. Stop it. Right I, now. I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, We're O for blue. Uh-oh. Isn't that enough? We're O for blue. With, with Anderson, though, so he's got a modified no trade. So yep. he, it's eight team no trade list. Yep. Uh, plus, he's got four years left after at 5.5. Is cap it so? So never. Why would we trade the guy? I, I don't think he's getting traded. No, but I, I heard rumors. But I think that's like the pro leave crowd going. That's the type of forward you need. People actually, on, you're on your favorite show, Overdrive. Uh, he was the guy that uh, Noodles was always saying that the Leafs should go after. And I told Noodles to go shut up. I, I heard <laughs> this him is when he was still a Blue Jacket, though. So oh, yeah, exactly at that time. But no, I've heard him say that they missed out on. It. It's funny you said in the last week or so, Noodles brought it up like they can't miss, like they missed with Anderson. Like he made a comment, yeah. like one of like a long, like a long, a lot, that line where he's saying he was out there, and that's what they're bringing up. Mir or whatever his name is on San Timo Jose. Meyer. Yeah, Timo yeah. Meyer on, on on San Jose. I think oh, I think those two guys are apples and oranges. Like Timo Meyer is kind of the like real like guy that can like play on your top line. Josh Anderson, he's more of like a second line, third guy, line guy in my opinion. But he's gonna he he's a spark plug. Like you know what I mean? He, oh he for sure. It, you know what I mean? For and sure. I, and I don't know if this Meyer guy is because what's he doing? He just he, like I don't know. He's on San Jose. And I I think that he'd upset upset the apple cart in Toronto in this way. A lot of these guys have earned their spots on the team and have got Toronto to this stand. Like what? They're the third best record in the league, fourth best record in the yeah, league. Yeah, fourth or fifth. Or whatever. Something, the yeah. Okay. Anyway, they're top five in the league as a, as a thing. So all those guys have helped to earn that position. And now you're gonna bring that guy in and throw him in and like who goes away? You're saying what's his name? Um, uh, who you'd get rid of? Who I forget. Not Kerfoot. Jim. Yeah, Kerfoot. One of the guys like that. So it doesn't matter. But what about in the dressing room? I don't know what the chemistry. You think like Kerfoot's that like that glue guy in the dressing room? I don't no, think so. I don't think he's there either. But I'm saying like this guy's going to take minutes away from somebody who's contributed. So what? Does Bunting doesn't go on the power play anymore? Uh, no, I think they, they'd both be on the power play. They're they're both like second unit guys. In I that would case. say Toronto don't do nothing because then you're going to probably have to give up a first I, I round draft choice for the sounds, guy. So well, don't. I, well, I, I think first of all, like it, Dubis even said straight up, we're not like he's not going to be swinging for the fences at the deadline, which that I makes think, sense. Yeah, I agree. I do think and like this is the year like it's it's going to be a very strong draft. I hold I hold on to that first round pick. Oh, 100. percent And not only that, I think the only thing they should be looking for is they should be kicking the tires on a few goalies. 
You know what, though? I forgot to bring this up before. They got Joseph Wall. His numbers have been getting like better and better in the yes. minors each year. I want to see what he's got first before we acquire They brought him goalie. up, right? Yeah, he, I think he might be getting the start tonight. Good. Well, they, they, they've got to take a look at him to figure exactly. where he's going to go. Especially like, like this year, he's having an unreal season in the American yes, League. Yes, he so. is. I think he's been to what? Top three goalie there, isn't he? Yeah, like 13 and 1 record. Like, what, yeah. Yeah, 920, whatever. So he's having a real good year down there. I want to see what he's got. He's a goalie. Uh, Pretty big, too. He's like 6'3". Oh, yeah. No, no. He's not a little man. I, I agree on that. So, since we are talking about the way things are going, you, you do you believe that the, now that we've had some trades going on, one of the trades that, that uh, really intrigued me was that the Horvat trade to the Islanders, and not only that, they signed him immediately to yes. an eight-year contract. Eight That's... years, bro. And you know what? That could be a... What was the last time that happened on the island? When they signed that stupid goalie. When the Chinaman, that didn't work out too well, did it? No. Are they done uh, paying him yet? They are. Oh, they are finally done. Him. Oh, they're, no, still, no, they're pay- still paying him. They're still paying him. I, that's I, it. I, uh, I believe there's no. Actually, I think Alexi Yashin's finally off the books. But oh, uh, Yashin's off the books. So they didn't pay him. He, he just, oh, is man. Yashin still? Play, he just quit the KHL, eh? Yeah, he's. I he don't know. That guy. He's. He's. He's always been a weird one, but. Uh, he's Mike been with w- some good women, though. <laughs> you got to give has. him that. He's had his he's had his choice of whatever goes on. But in man, that. You, yeah. you look at where that team was in the '90s, who they had, and then just like how Mike Milbury tore everything apart in that team. Where is Mike Milbury today? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> in any event, yeah, um, I think that first of all, the, uh, the signing was great. He's a great hockey player. Let's not yes. let's not get away from that. And you say with Barzell that they've got the makings to go farther. Oh, well, man, like I love that they're playing those two together because I my initial thought was like when they got Horvat they're going to play them one two like Horvat was going to be your first line guy and then Barzell you can kind of like put him back a little bit on that second line kind of like how they had him with uh, when Tavares was on the okay, team. Okay, yep. But I mean the makeup of that team it's like you know Brock Nelson's doing good as your second yes, line center. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why I, not just put Barzell and uh, you got to have that power line. And, I, and, I, and I'm I'm saying that's going to work in the way. And they put that big winger out there in the Islanders. I was looking at it last night. I think I have his name down. Anders here. Lee. Yeah, they put him on on the ice side there, so they have like that wingman. That's a good line. Yeah, that's a that's a top shelf NHL line. Oh yeah. And I and I kind of agree with this way because I'm glad you brought that up because I think Brock Nelson I saw like they, you can't push this guy aside. He's no. playing great hockey. He's plus minus. My thing is this. The Islanders are not as we speak today. The Islanders are not in a playoff position. They have 20 some games to go. Here's the here's the interesting thing. They're only a point or two out, but they have no games in hand. They play more than anybody else. So I it's imperative. I, to, it's imperative them for, for them to win, and not only that. That's true. You know what I mean. And I, if you look at their schedule, that's another thing that they have to be aware of. Because um, I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs, but signing this guy for eight years and doing what they've done, they better get some results right away. Yeah, they have to get some re- like if they don't make the playoffs, I think that that's uh, oh, that's a disaster. That's my it's a d- disaster. That's what I'm thinking too. So I don't know. Um, here we are. Here, where's their schedule now? Like, it? Lou's made some some questionable decisions with the Islanders, like the Romanov. Old, yeah, yeah. Although there's, I'll always stand by the decision to not give him the GM job in Toronto. It wasn't 
some of the moves he was making here, like the Nikita Zaitsev seven-year deal. His time, his time was gone. Yeah, yeah. okay, I, I agree. He did reshape the Islanders pretty good, though. He did, but like recently, he's made a couple like trading Devin Taves to Colorado for two seconds. Oh, Ugh. but I, you know what I'm saying is that at this point in his career, I don't think he's going to have any of those great New Jersey runs like he did back in the day. I think he's the type of guy that builds you this far and you move him out of the way, which is what Toronto did. Yeah. Okay, and that, that that's but that doesn't seem to be the case on like he seems to be the guy there. Who oh, and, and on the on the island, yeah. Who else would it be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know too much about the organization. I, either, I know they need, they needed some yeah. uh, stability. That's oh, for sure. He, he definitely gave him that. It was better than um, what's his name, the the backup goalie who they had before is oh, Garth Snow. Garth Snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in over his head, I believe. At yeah, the time. that that was just him. Like he buddied up with the owner, and that's how he got the job. That's how it looks, at least, from but the outside. But they say he made a bit of a mess in the Tavares deal. Like the, he, he was there when Tavares left town. Yeah, he got nothing back for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Lou was technically the GM when Tavares left, but, like, Lou had no control over no, that situation. No, 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 no. Gar Snow did. Had the, had the, and he didn't do it well. But the reason I'm bringing up them and, and, and other trade line, deadline things is that, okay, let's take a look here at where they're going to be going now, okay? They had Vancouver last night, which they beat, okay? Yep. We got them right now on TV with the Habs, and we keep hab tabs on the Habs, and it's making me nervous. So what have they got here? They have to win these games because look at their next six or eight games, and they better be well over 500 make the playoffs. They've got Montreal, which is winnable. they got Ottawa, which is winnable. They've got Ottawa, and then they've got Pittsburgh. Both those games are at home, so I'm saying the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh game is a, must, is a must-win game. Then well, the look, teams are chasing. Then they got Boston. Then they got Pittsburgh again. Then they got Winnipeg, Los Angeles, Winnipeg, Minnesota. That in their next ten games, that's all playoff except for Minnesota's kind of fallen off though. No, so that, that I, might I, be that might be their chance to strike. Well, the, I, I think they better they better make hay in these games because oh for that, sure they do, they do have a, a shot at um, some of the lesser teams in the league, which tells me one of the teams they compete with is Ovi and his and the Washington Capitals going to be in the playoff hunt. Though they're going to be in the hunt for sure, but like Are they they, make they're not—they're not coming on as strong as they thought they would. It might take them a little bit for like guys like Backstrom and uh, Wilson to get the legs going because they've been out for so long, right? Agreed. So now what? We'll so see. that means, and who are they going to replace? Pittsburgh. One of those teams is going to have to go out the door because if you look at it right now. Oh, and you got I and you got Florida it. and Buffalo lurking too. Don't exactly. forget exactly. And the Panthers are trying to make a run. The, the know, Panthers, the thing about them is like they're not going to be able to make a deal though. Like that team, no, it's it's no. it's that they might be like maybe a depth guy or two, but like they're not getting anyone. No big help is coming. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. To tell you the truth, I don't think so either. Player, but Montreal's got a draft pick out of them. I think so. That makes yeah. me happy on, on that level. But if you're going to look right now, Boston, Toronto, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. um, the Devils, the Rangers, and the Hurricanes. Carolina. Those six. All right. And Carolina. Okay. I yeah. think those teams, I can't see any of those missing the no. playoffs. No. Okay. So then that's six. So we've only got two to go. So that means this is going to be Pittsburgh, the Capitals, or the Islanders are all going to be fighting for that. And on the other side, you have the Sabres. I don't think the Sabres are going to do it. They need a, they need a goalie. Yeah. Well, unless I, I like, unless Buffalo's like, or sorry, uh, unless Vancouver's like, gonna trade like Thatcher Demko or something because like I don't see that happening it could happen it, really it could that, that's that's there's whispers starting I mean it, it's I think it's all gonna depend on like what they can get for him 
Personally, I think it's fucking stupid if they trade Thatcher Demko. Like, oh, I do how, too. how much do you need to tear this thing down? Yeah, and, and besides that, you'll be looking for that guy in another year. Exactly, That's, exactly. You know, so why would you do anything that ridiculous? But I can't think of any other goalies that would be on the market. No, so what What else do you think is going to go on, on on the trade deadline? Anything else you can think of that may happen that's, that's stirring you up? I've been just hearing what the trade it's, deadlines was, two weeks? Yeah, it's something like, it's it's getting I don't know it's so weird though cuz like any of these guys like it could be that situation we've seen it before where like he's on the block, he's on the block no. and then like 2 hours before the deadline he signs an extension with the same, same team. team. Oh like, yeah. that yeah. could be Timo Meyer. I wouldn't be oh, surprised. Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, he's the type of guy I wouldn't want to trade. San Jose's got to look forward somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like you say how far do you strip it down before you rebuild? You got to keep some of these some of your assets to go yeah. forward to attract other guys to know that you have something that's going to go forward. That's the thing that I. That's why I was like bringing up the Islanders because the Islanders the last couple of years have done that. Even though they lost Tavares, they have got those little pieces around them and added some guys that make them look like this could be a destination, and it's still New York City. Uh, they don't play in New York City. They play on the island. <laughs> well, they Mass- play. They play like it's uh, it's like the suburbs. Yeah. Kind of okay. Well, in, 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 any, in any event. Um, I'm I'm saying I'm not sure. I hope that the uh, the Islanders are a team. It looks like they took a they're taking a swing, which I like to see. Yeah. Oh, exactly. But I'm looking at it this way. Okay, the the Buffalo Sabers are a plus sixteen in goal differential. Yeah, but they're the like like I said before, they're being held back by that goaltending. So then their goal their goal plus minus should be even better. I agree. Okay, so the Islanders goal differential is only eight. They're four, five, and one in their last ten. As we just pointed out, their schedule coming up is not no cakewalk. Their easiest game is probably their next two. So was it worth it? Maybe for the future, but for this season, I we'll don't see. see is it's going oh, to be let's the see. Thing. Let's see how like how they are the first ten games with Horvat. He's already played what four. No, it's been like two, hasn't it? I think this is fourth game. This yeah, is fourth game. Really? I think it's his fourth game already. Okay. They, they, they might be in a little bit of trouble then. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, and I, so the reason I'm being is that talking about other teams and their tra- tra- trade deadline things, like one of the teams that intrigues me about what are they going to do is... Chicago? No, Chicago is a mess because Patrick Kane's turned out to be a bigger bitch than we have ever realized, okay? Oh, like... I, I hope. Oh, and all the rumors of him coming to the Leafs have died down, thankfully. Okay, so I think that would have been a bad fit, anyway. Yes, and, and he didn't want to come here. So now, what intrigues me is, as we speak, the Oilers, Seattle, and the Kings all have sixty-three points. Something's got to shake here. So, my take on it does, is: it, Are the Los Angeles Kings in a position where they should do anything at the trade deadline? To go forward, they're another team like they they desperately need a goalie. Like Phoenix Copley's been kind of holding up the fort, but I mean, you look at his numbers, and you're like, mm, it's still not that gonna, good. I think they had a great season because for what they've done. Because what they really should be happy with is is Calgary going to make a move? If Calgary misses I mean, the playoffs, that's a disaster right now. And Calgary is not I in agree. the playoffs right now. They are uh, not. I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I think they are missing. And my take with the Pacific, I think Edmonton's going to win the division. What? With, what? with Jack Campbell playing his game with Evander what? Kane back? They're only three points back. Wow. That's a huge take, Vegas, bro. Vegas, they had, no, a, they had a strong with start. Mirrors. But like, they're doing it with mirrors. I exactly. watched Vegas, and like, they're, they're a little bit pond hockey-ish. 
So when the playoffs come, that's not gonna mm-hmm. that's not gonna make it on there. So in any event, we got about a, a week to go. We're, like we'll we'll revisit some of the things that we were saying today about the uh, the NHL, the, the trade deadline, and who's going to get there. I'm of the belief that. The Islanders are not going to make the playoffs. I think that was courageous of them to, to make the trade for Horvat and to give him his contract because if you're going to sign somebody, if you're going to trade for someone like that, you might as well sign him. Oh, for sure. He's a, he's a, he's Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Exactly. I don't know if the Seattle Kraken have enough um, experience to take them down the road to get them in the door. I think I think that uh, that conference, that division is so bad, I think they'll make it in. So what, is Calgary however, not making it? I don't think they make it. Wow. What the wow. what have we seen from Calgary this year to prove that like they can make it? Well, their defense has been horrible, but let, let, their goaltending's been bad. Oh, Huberdeau's been, oh. dare I say, a bust. There. And I have to. What I'm going to say is that we really have to take a look because the Oilers are eight zero and two in their last ten. So they're to on my their point. way. So, anyways. We do um, keep Habs on the ta- tabs on the Habs, and we're looking at the game as we're speaking right now. And one of the things that irritates me about the Montreal Canadiens, and I want to speak out to the organization and everybody else who loves the Blue Blanc and whatever they Rouge. say in French, Rouge, get rid of the blue goddamn uniforms, please. You're not George Bell in the 90s. Okay, you're not Friday night at the dome playing baseball. You are O for blue. O for blue. Can I say that one more time? We are O for freaking blue. Get rid of them. And by the way, how come Toronto doesn't wear theirs so much? Why do they we wear it a few times? Every time I turn on the goddamn TV, the Habs are in those pajamas. Pisses me Man, off. The fans love it. them. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that the fans are the smartest people on the planet either. You know, it's marketing. Are you your own kind? Yes. I don't want the uniforms. Anybody that's uh, a serious was, hat if, guy, if I, I was can't read those I'd guys. eat those up. I'd okay, eat those up. My general manager went down to see the game. Toronto-Montreal. And my general manager is a diehard like I am. We we you, when we get together, everyone's like, what are you guys talking about? What's on the job? Are you guys changing the, the orders? No. We get in the corner to talk about the Habs. I get away with that. My, my, my supervisor and my general manager, all three of us are hardcore. He made the mistake of saying, oh, Cruzy, I almost bought one of those blue jerseys. Me and my supervisor looked at him and said, go stand in the corner right now. And you know what he said in the back of his mind? He goes, I thought about what you guys would be thinking. You glad you didn't bring one of those because you had brought one of those into the workplace. We might have asked for your job. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Tough crowd. Oh, we're not happy with those. You know what? We, We work afternoons and we PVR the games. My boss has PVR'd me at 3 in the morning going, God damn unis so that tells you what the old school people now the kids love them they're flashy in the lights and they look pretty on the girls get rid of those blues please well the the oh, i think they're blue. just gonna be around for this season oh for blue i like the last ones last year because they you were rent- hold on hold on you were complaining about those two I last time this is like the rose colored glass you're like oh suddenly like these ones don't, don't look so bad no like, maybe that's what it is but you know the thing is like i don't mind the toronto maple leafs alternate uniforms the, they, uh, the, the no, the those black, ones are nice. The black and blue ones, they look. Oh, like, I, my, okay. Those ones, I don't think they look good on TV. No, they don't. That's they why don't. I don't use them. In, per, I, in person, I think they look pretty nice. They look my amazing. brother's got one. Yeah, and I, they I, think, nice. they, I think they, they, they remind me of when the Blue Jays had that black and blue for a little while. Those I wasn't look, a big fan of that look, but but they look good on the Leafs. Sure, but I do agree they don't look good on television. And you know they what don't. the other one does is that Edmonton alternate uniform. Notice they haven't been on lately because they look funny on TV. 
the coloring, whatever yeah. it is. So maybe that has something to do with it. Because I tell you this, those Montreal Blues on TV look amazing. <laughs> You know, they yeah, look the at pops. it. Ah, let's get out of it. We're going to go down the road a bit now because we're going to be talking about playoffs and trade deadlines and a lot of crazy things that go on in the in the world of sports. So I want to ask you something about uh, the Boston Bruins, actually. Oh, I was hoping we were ducking this, but okay, I'll let you in. So uh, Boston, obviously, or maybe not obvious, but they are on pace to break the points record yes. and the wins record. Yes, 100%. So, and their home record is... Is astronomical. Twenty-two, one and three as we stand. Um, so they're going to win the President's Trophy. I think that's yeah. a given right yeah. now. Um, even though Carolina's seven points back, that's not a huge no, amount. But no, still, no. I don't know. But like, well, you got to no. you got to throw that out there. Okay. Could this be the first time a team no. with the, wins the President's no. Trophy and the I, Stanley Cup? We're due. We've talked about this off show. Okay, here's it's the been, deal. It's you been know what, Mr. Milani's years doing since right now? Last ha- it's been My, 15 years since it's last happened. Detroit 08. Listen, we're due. I got a puppy, dog. We're due. I got a puppy. He bites a lot right now because he's a puppy. He's left some marks on my hand. What you're doing now is you're picking at the scabs on my arm <laughs> when you talk about this, okay? Let's cut to the chase. I don't want to say anything pro-Boston. I have, I respect the hell out of what they're doing. But That's all it's got to be. I'm going to respect it. I hope they don't, but as you know, in the cycle of sports, something that doesn't happen for a long time, eventually it's got to happen. So what did you say, 2008? 2008, Red Wings were the last one to do it. Wow, I'm, I'm. It's a long time. My heart of heart says this. I was. I hope I they was, get hit by a bus. That's about my my best case scenario. The the TD Center collapses or the Massachusetts Turnpike has an earthquake. Oh I don't gosh. care. I hate Boston, so I'm going to be straight up. However, if they do win, and they do win the Presidents Cup, and I'm, it's going to be the draw. I'm saying they're going to be the most serious. You, you can't deny it. Yeah. You can't deny it. And the thing that I always... Because this, this is a team that's built for the playoffs, too. A hundred percent. Just what we've talked about previous. Those six defensemen and that goalie. They've been around. Now they've formed that. Like, they're hardcore. When you come over the blue line and you're coming in the Boston zone with the checking wingers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they, they may do it. Their top nine forwards are really oh, strong as well. I'm I, you know, throw that fourth line in there as well. But well, they, super you know what? They, you know what? They got goalie that might win the Vesna this year. I think he's going to. But here's what's even crazier. I try not to watch the Boston Bruins, but because we do have the house that happens, I have to pay attention. I do notice this is what they're getting away with, and this is key. They always say you wear your players down day to day, night to night. When Boston gets that lead, the third and fourth line are the guys that are plugged. It's like they're penalty killing. Those last 10 minutes of the game, watch any Bruin game. The Marshans, the Pasternak's, they're getting less time, and the third and fourth line, which I think is great coaching because of the experience and the ice time that they're getting. So a lot of times, in the I've Notice in the in the if they're like say they're winning five two or four one in a lot of games they've been in that position this year. Mm-hmm. If you look at what happens, all those guys that are playing the third or fourth lines are getting minutes. If you go and you check the stats on Boston, which I'd like to be taking a look at, and, and t- time of ice, which is huge. Mm-hmm. As much as they're winning, their top end guys are not playing thirty three minutes a night or anything. They're playing a yeah, they nice average, which is bodes well for the playoffs because you haven't burnt your players out. Yep. So if you want to look at it from, do they have a chance to be the first team since the Detroit Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup? 
And the President's Trophy. And the President's Trophy. I'm saying that they, they're the best candidates in years. That's all I'm going to yep. say. They're the best candidates going to say. So before we jump off the hockey bandwagon, and uh, we wanted to do this last week during the All-Star break, we thought that it was time for the house that happens to recognize who we believe are the 10 best players in the NHL. Yes. So we're going to make it easy right off the top, and we're going to start with Connor McDavid. Oh, really going out on a limb there. Oh, no, we're just going to say, guys, we're not going to argue about. These guys are just on the list. If they're not on the list, you're not paying attention. So we've Agreed. got... What's that? Agreed. Okay? Agreed. Dreisaitl is on that list. Yep. Kucherov is on that list. Yep. Pasternak is on that list. Yep. Matthews is on that list. Yep. McCurr is on that list. Yep. Vasilevsky's on that list. Yep. So that gives us one, two, three, four, Eight, five, six, seven. Oh, seven. Okay. That's seven guys. Now... It's open to interpretation of who do you believe are going to make the other three on our league. And I'll let you lead, bro. Uh, Give us a guy. I'll say Nathan McKinnon. I say no. First really? of all, how much he hasn't played this year? That's What's not, he that's not I'm fair. Not, I'm, I'm hardcore. I want to know the guys that this year who are the 10 best players in the league. Is he one of them? No. Is he 10 maybe over a period of time? Let's just put him on on the honorable mention. Okay, so fine. Far. Okay, so I'll bring up a guy. Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. He wasn't on my list, but I had him as one of my honorable mentions. Okay, so he's possibly as our 10, because we have to figure out who he's at, so we're going to be there. So give me another guy. Tage Thompson. Nah, too much too soon. Really? Yeah, he showed it last year, too. Oh, okay, okay. So we will, we will, he, I will say when we get to number 10, I'm not going to say I will probably acquiesce to him because he's playing great hockey. Big man like that. Yep. Playing as good as he is. I will give him definitely some, um, I'll give him some credence there. I want to go with Kepersov on Minnesota. Okay. Uh, he's he was he was on uh, my short list too. He didn't make my top ten, but he was a guy that I definitely considered. Okay, so he on there. So those those are three guys we considered. So that puts McKinnon way down the list. Oh, I don't know. That about puts that. McKinnon down the list. So. I, I take McKinnon over Kaprizov. Oh, or, or Robertson any day. Okay, we'll get to that. So give me another guy. Sidney Crosby. Oh my God. Sid, the kids still think he's top 10 in the league? Oh, yeah. He's having a great year. Uh, outstanding year. Outstanding. And you know what I'm Strong, really... great both ways. Oh, that's Fantastic what I'm going to bring Fantastic playmaker, underrated Good, goal scorer. Uh, um, uh, um, face-offs. Yep, yep. High on the face-offs. Okay, so you know what I'm going to say? We'll make Sidney Crosby. We'll agree he's number 10. Okay. We'll get him number 10. So we'll get Crosby on the list. Okay, so now I... Okay, anybody else you want to throw out there? I have some honorable mentions, but I mean, those are the, the, I named my guys that I would really go to bat for. Does Mitch Marner get any consideration for the top ten? Again, he, on my short list, did not make my top ten. He did not make your top ten. So we've got McDavid, Drysital, Kucherov, Pasternak, Crosby, Matthews, Vasilevsky, and McCarr, which brings us to eight, eight. players. Eight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna acquiesce and say Tage Thompson. Okay. Is he in your top 10? Yep, he's in my top 10. Okay, so we're going to put him in the top 10 too. I will acquiesce to him. Okay, so that gives us what? Nine? Nine players. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Now, who's going to be the 10th? I'm going, I want Kiprasov on the damn t- on the damn list. 
Guy's having a good season. Minnesota. I don't even know how to say his name. Not Kiprasov. He hasn't played. Oh, whatever. Whatever. I don't. You know what? My biggest thing on the house that happens is they're gonna get. They're gonna spend a special thing in and say, "Cruz, here's some pronunciations and here's some numbers." We need to get you like those flashcards. Yeah, because I, I I know the guys. I can see their faces. I just don't always remember their names and what they're doing. I think this guy's a great hockey player. I think he could play a little better in his own end. Oh, I got to admit that. But he's. The skating, oh, the, the he, goal scoring, and, the playmaking. Oh, he's just got so much flair. He's a guy that I often say I wish he would punch someone in the face so he could show us some personality because the problem with the NHL is we don't have enough personality. Look at our top ten. Who's got personality of those top ten? Who's a Sid's got more than most of those guys? At least Sid's, uh, he's not I as chirpy as he used Crosby to be. Crosby doesn't exactly scream personality. I love Sidney Crosby. Okay, uh, like, don't get but me wrong, I mean, he but... used to be. I think he's mellowed out. I'm saying eight or nine years ago, he had way more personality because he was always oh, chirping. Sure. Remember, he was always calling him the crybaby Crosby yeah. and all that shit. There's there's a clip a... that's uh, like that's been coming around on Instagram lately too of when the Leafs were on 24 seven and him and Fanuf were arguing. He's uh, complaining about Katri. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh man, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. We we, we got to move on in this. I'm, I'm I'm I would rather. I'm saying McKinnon. I don't want to disrespect McKinnon. And I I've talked to a lot of people at my work and a lot of people that hockey says that we would be remiss if we didn't put him on the list. So I thought that he would Cros he would go ahead of Crosby. But when you really look at the numbers and how the things have gone this year, I think Crosby's going to push the team over the line to get in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which no one's going to want to play them. I really believe that because we're one of the. We I, always say that about the Penguins, but then they always lose in the first round. Well, we're going to have to figure out because they've lost in the first round a lot, a lot, and that's really affecting uh, Crosby's legacy, so to speak. I I don't buy that. He's What's got three. He's got three cups. He's got two consmites back to back. Yes. Okay. He's got okay. the MVPs. He's got the Art Ross. Okay, he's got the okay. Rochard. It still hurts when you're not making the playoffs for the last five years of your career. Well, no, I he's mean, in the not play- get, I mean, getting knocked out in the first round. Sure, but you're only one guy. I mean, that's that's the that's management. That's roster construction. You don't as the star player on your team, you don't control who's around you. Okay, so that means which analytically, it's more important who you play with rather than who you play against. Interesting Consider take. That. Yes. Interesting take. Then we're back to analytics, and we we will have that argument. It makes day. sense, though, if you think about okay, it. Okay, so I really think that Jason Robertson is should be picked over him. For first of all, he had the forty goal season last year. He's on pace to score fifty this year. He has fallen off as of late, but yes. I noticed this is that one of the problems with him is, um, in my humble opinion, is size. Mm. I've noticed that they've been pushing down on. They say he's a six footer. But he don't look six foot to me. It's a generous six foot. A generous, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying that the problem is of late I've noticed is that what they do is they've been doubling down on the physicality on him. Like he's not freewheeling in front of the net as much as he was, say, the first 20 games of the year. Right. You know what I mean? And, I, and, and you know, he doesn't have the size to go through the middle because my is, is keeping Habs on the tabs, on the Habs, <laughs> um, our friend Mr. Cofield is out for the rest of the year. Yes. The reason being... Free styling in front of the net as a smaller player. And that was the big concern about Caulfield when he was drafted. Always was. You know what I mean? And and now I loved, like, we can't deny, I love the kid. But I, I was telling you earlier in the year when we were talking about it, I was scared. Because first when he took that hit in the Calgary game, mm-hmm. which is a perfectly legal hit, by the way. Yep. I, I get nervous when guys that size go into traffic of that volume and then IR. And how was he? Like five, He's 5'7", five right? Generous. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> his listed height. Let's just... He's taller than Prince. 
How's that? Okay, God bless Prince. Same height as his coach. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to decide here. We have to make a decision to move on. So what are you saying? Are we going to go with Mr. McKinnon? I'll go to bat for that guy. I think he's still the third best player in the game. Okay, so Mr. Robertson, we'll have to get back to you next year. Mr. Kaprizov, I love you to death, but you're not going to make the list. We're going to go with McKinnon. So here at the house that happens, we have declared Connor McDale, Leo Dryasov, Nick Garov, whatever his name is, Kucherov. <laughs> Do you want me to read the names? Yeah, you read the names. Connor McDavid, yeah. Kale McCarr, Andre Vasilevsky, yeah. Leon Dreisaitl, David Pasternak, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Tage Thompson, Austin Matthews, and Sidney Crosby. That's not a bad list, bro. That's really not a bad list. We'll be posting that at the house that happens. So you want to come here and know that we're doing. But speaking of playoffs, did uh, I just want to know if did you have like a short list? Anyone else who was like, did you have like honorable mentions, or did you not bother no, with that? No, I did have some honorable mentions, but I don't think they've done enough, right? Like I really like. Um, and he, I think in the future he's going to go. One of my favorite players to watch, but he's not closer. Yes, I really like Dylan Larkin on the Red Wings. Interesting. I I, really he was like, not on my short list, but, but I mean, I he's one to watch. Uh, yeah, I think that he's up and coming. I really like the way that that he plays. I like the guy on um, Seattle. Um, he's not in the top ten at scoring. That that powerful is he from Europe or Finland? What's the guy on Seattle? He's really got my attention. Let me get their lineup up here, and I'll tell you. How come I can't get their lineup up? It's another guy with a weird name that I can't pronounce. Let's look this up. Yeah, quickly. he's he's in the he's top twenty in scoring. He uh, can, my my short list is, so I, I think I told you already. I have Mitch Marner on mine. Oh, yeah, Mitch Marner. Yeah, that definitely. Mitch Marner was on my list, too. Uh, Kaprizov and Robertson, which we got to already. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fox, defenseman for the Rangers. I think, that, you know what? I, I As a matter of fact, we should have talked about him more because I really think I, I think he's he's top five in the league this year. Yeah. He's playing a – he doesn't get enough credit. Personally, which is surprising considering where he plays. Exactly, and but I think the guy. Are you thinking about Burakovsky on Seattle? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, is that is it, what's his name? Bur Andre Burakovsky. And he used to young. play with Colorado. Yeah, I think that he uh, he really impressed really? me. Really, you think he's he's. A, he, I think he's, he's he's under a point per game and he's a minus nine also, and he's okay, only playing he's on sixteen. Seattle. He's only playing sixteen minutes a night too. But his time is coming. Like, I don't know about that. He's been in the league a few years already. I really like the way he plays. I thought, you know what? Like, you think he's top ten? No, but I'm saying, though? I'm saying this much. I'm going to give him this time next year. Mm, One more year in the league. I think, I like I think he is like, what he is. Let me, let me, let's see if that's. He's the top twenty in scoring, isn't he? Nah, not in the league. He's under a point per game. Is he under a point per game? And he's their I'm top scorer on their on. team. Let me get back up. I watch Seattle a lot because they come on late. And I'm he's 28 leader. years old too. I think that's he's not the guy I'm thinking of. He's their top scorer though. Who did they? Yeah, but who did they draft? Matty Beniers. Oh, that must be the guy. He could be an up and coming guy. That, that must be the guy. Let me look here. I'm going through my thing. Uh, yeah, like while you're doing that, I'll read out some of my other honorable mentions. Uh, Jack Hughes. He's oh, really impressed that's, with the Devils I, I, this year. I, okay. By the way, we get. I feel like we could call him like that honorable number eleven. I think that we yeah. should make Jack Hughes number eleven because he is on my list. I want to bring him up. As a matter of fact, if you know at the beginning of the year, I kind of pushed. I wasn't giving Jack Hughes the credit that I thought he should do. As a matter of fact, I think that in a way that if we had to argue this a little bit earlier, I might have put him over McKinnon. Jack Hughes mm -hmm. definitely number eleven. I did have him on the short list. Uh, Eric Carlson, I gotta give him credit for the year he's having. No. Too many minus. No, 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 no. He didn't get. <laughs> He's on a shit team, though. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, Matthew Kachuk. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought of him too, but... Uh, Miko Rantanen on Colorado. Kyle Connor on Winnipeg. Josh Morrissey on Winnipeg. I had Kyle Connor on my list. On my Like, when I had 20 down, I did have Kyle yeah. Connor on my list. But um, who did you say before that? Rantanen on yeah. Colorado. He thinks, I think he should get something. I think he's one of the guys that's really holding it down for him. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like with all those injuries? But yeah, he, he's and he's played a lot of minutes. He's good. I, I would definitely, definitely give him... Uh, the time of day. Then Morrissey, uh, Jake Ottinger, and UC Saros are also on my short list. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ottinger has been great in Dallas. Yes, and, 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 and UC Saros too. And, and, and like, Dallas is not there. Is he's got that high in the standings for a reason? Exactly. You know, he's played some good hockey. But I really like the defenseman on New York. I think we should have given yeah, him. Fox. We should have given him more. Maybe this time next year we will because he's played really good hockey. The game about a month ago when um, before the All Star break, one of the best games I've seen all year was that Thursday night game Rangers, um, Rangers Toronto. Yeah. That was a game. What Toronto ended up winning, what, 3-1, but there was an empty net goal? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I thought he was one of the best players on the ice that night. Like, he should have got more for the way that he played. Like, he's a – I love his skating style. Oh, my God. On. Fantastic lo- playmaker, loved, too. Yeah, I love – like, he, he – okay, we'll give him Jack. We'll stick with the 10, but – Fox and Hughes will be on our list, which is really a drag because you're sitting here in a Maple Leaf it's jersey. A, it's a tough list to make. Because <laughs> I'm really saying this, and I hate doing it because then everyone says that I'm jinxing or I'm being a Stephen A. Smith Dallas Cowboys <laughs> when I bring up the Toronto Maple Leafs. I get that a lot now, guy. When I bring it up, they go, who are you, Stephen A. Smith? And I go, no, I'm not. Because you're not really. You're cheering for the Leafs because. And I go, I'm not even cheering for him. I'm just bringing up the facts. So I have to say that I'm... It feels a little bit that way. Why? <laughs> From my perspective. Why? Because you're a Habs guy. I don't trust that. That's, that's what I get. See, just because I keep tabs on the Habs. See, people don't trust That's my- like if I was all of a sudden start saying like really nice things about the Habs. Would oh, you be I, a little I, bit I suspicious? I would call security. There you I go. would call security. There you go. But if you did it in a way that I am doing it, like I'm the first one that suggested that Mitch Marner should be a Frank Salky consideration, and now other people are talking about it. You know what I mean? So he must, he must be going there. But before I leave... Before I leave about this and, and done with our hockey talk, which I've really, really enjoyed, I just want to talk about, we are here at the house that happens and we're trying to build a mansion and we're talking about sports just as much as everybody else wants to do. However, I'm going to put it this way. I think that we study a little bit more because we're going to move into the world of basketball. Yes. Okay? And the reason I want to bring up the world of basketball is that I think that people that, in Toronto, we are a pro-hockey city. Okay? Even when you talk about overdrive and that's hockey and the personalities that go on the air, I think they're weak when they talk about basketball. Explain. I heard O-Dog, Hayes, and Noodles talking basketball. Okay? Oh, God. It, it, it was <laughs> horrible. Basketball it guys. was so bad. Then don't talk about basketball. You have to. You're the primetime. That's, that's a station mandate. Okay, I agree. So let's go to the other side of the coin where, okay, I know you mentioned this off the camera now that Sid went on day TV like Nate Breakfast Burleson. Breakfast television, yeah, yeah. Like Nate Burleson went on the big show on thing because that's a pay raise. Let's discuss it. And so I don't want to take it away. Anyway, there's... Um, money but Sid and Tim I would say Tim is still holding it down pretty good with the people that he brings on and I yeah. find when they when they switch off to talk about baseball and basketball oh they're a lot more knowledgeable yes that's what I'm saying because overdrive it's like they know hockey, hockey they know they know golf 
Uh, they, I love they know golf. They're they're good with baseball, I would say too. I don't know. I'm gonna have to wait for the baseball season because I have to watch them. Not, not great. They're better yeah. compared than I, they are with I'm, basketball. I'm actually impressed. And football too. They know their shit with football. I'd no, say. that's because they bring on the other guys. They bring on a lot of guests that make them look good. Fair enough. I mean, I'd like to put the three of them down and argue with sports, I'd argue football with those three guys. I'd eat all three of them for breakfast. I'm well, going to say that right now. That's not even a question in my mind. You, you'd eat a lot of people for breakfast. Yeah. Well, so. that, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> but I'm saying when you're on there, and I, I don't want you to talk frivolous. And speaking of frivolous, we've had a lot of crazy things go down in the NBA in the last week. Yeah, last couple weeks. Oh. So uh, LeBron... All-time scoring record. He's also now scored 40 against every team in the league. Wow. Has anybody else done that? I, I can't imagine. He's now scored 40 against every, every team. Okay, so I don't want to get into the GOAT debate because it gets too vicious, in my opinion. Like, when I'm online, I'm on a, an NBA legendary site and a few other people just to have basketball insights and the different views you want to pick up as you want to bring things to the show ourselves. But one of the things that really drive me is the disrespect I see for Jordan and the disrespect I see for LeBron. Oh, the, the, the GOAT debate has uh, gotten out it, of hand. It, it, it gets toxic. Okay, so one of the things I don't even like uh, it's it's gotten to the point where I don't even like to discuss it in public situations anymore because no, it, it, it gets no. ugly. It gets it gets, ugh, it gets ugly fast, very fast. And you know one of the things though, Charles Barkley is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. He's not in my top ten, but I just like Barkley. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the 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 politics or the dynamics of basketball sometimes because I just seen Charles Barkley's ten great his top ten of all time. He didn't have Magic Johnson on the list. Does that become personal? I How no do you idea. have a Magic list? Johnson's not on a lot of people's top tens though. It's weird. You know why? Because who did he piss off? Is it the HIV thing? Is it the you fact that he's? I it's have like no idea. Stuff? I have argued at times where I brought it up and I've argued vehemently that Magic Johnson is the greatest basketball player of all time. That's a take. Damn right. And I will take. I will fight with. I fought with people about LeBron. First of all, let's talk about this. Number one. He went to center in his rookie year and scored oh, nearly 40 points and won oh, a championship off the bat. He's got five rings. He's been to nine finals. He played in arguably one of the toughest generations of basketball of all time. That has come up, we know, everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Because the rules changed in the 90s yep. when the bad boys got too tough. Okay, let's cut to the chase. And I'm a Piston diehard. Everybody knows that. I mean, I've got my Raptors now. Love the Raptors. I grew up a Piston guy. So I've got no love for LeBron or no love for Jordan in context of what they've done to the Pistons over the years. Because one of the things that people don't bring up when all this talk about uh, LeBron and the GOAT and LeBron's greatest moments. You've heard them. Okay. What moment did they not bring up? I'm going to tell you what it is. When he scored in the fourth quarter to go to the finals the very first time against San Antonio when he'd beaten that oh, competent team, you got it. That was one of the greatest performances of all time. People says, how can you say that? Wait a second here. He took over the fourth quarter, brought them against the San Antonio team. He had no chance. Who was his running mate? And that Can I tell you who it was? Mo Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was his running mate. Who was his forward? The white dude. Oh, the center. Yeah. Who, uh, what's his name? I forget. Uh, yeah. The they, white they dude. They ended up bringing him to Miami, too. Yes, I forgot what exactly. his name is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, Cruz, they're your favorite. And those were some good Pistons teams, too. They, they were in the conference Wait, finals every year. Five years in a row, they went to the conference finals. They only won one championship. So, no, when LeBron went off, look who he went off against. Ben Wallace. 
Rashid, um, Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace, yeah. Tayshawn Prince. Chauncey Billups. Last time I checked, not only those guys known for their scoring, those four guys are known for their D. Yep. They're all known as premier defensive players, and LeBron James took them out in a game seven to go to the finals. So I'm not saying LeBron's the GOAT or who's the GOAT. I'm just saying that when you talk about a guy's career accomplishments, now LeBron is scoring 30 points at 38. You know what You know what? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was scoring at 38? <laughs> not that 15. high. 15. Yeah. Okay, however, I want to bring up this, and it, it will be coming upon further review. People do not give Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the respect that he should deserve. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, half the time when you talk about people and you bring up the name Lou Alcindor, 90% of the population don't know who Lou Alcindor is, and that makes me sometimes. Crazy. Sometimes I have to be reminded. Okay, okay. So now, <laughs> now that we're here, Lou Alcindor won three state high school championships. Lou Alcindor won three NCAA college championships. But here's the catch. Back in the day when he played college, you had to play on the on the freshman team. You weren't even allowed to play for the varsity mm. team. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he could have won four national championships. He's got six rings. He's got six MVPs, is it? I believe so. Um, six MVPs and how many scoring titles? Oh, a lot. Okay, so arguably, I don't understand why Lou Alcindor, who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who got his ass kicked in a Bruce Lee movie, which is another great thing to have on your resume. Like, <laughs> and he's in Airplane. He's funny in that oh, movie. Oh, and he's got the Airplane resume. So sometimes I, I... Oh, and he's in one of the most iconic photos of all time when Muhammad Ali decided he was going to be a conscientious objector and everybody oh, surrounded right. him. Who's in the picture? Bill Russell, Jim Brown, Lou Alcindor, Thomas Carlos, the guy that put the fist up mm -hmm. or, or on his way to put the fist up yep. in the 68 Olympics. So who's in that room? Can I ask you, Mr. Milani, Mr. Milani, there was one other prominent black athlete at the time who's not in that picture. Can you guess who it is? Oh, man. There's one prominent very, very prominent black athlete at the time. Give me the sport. He was a football player. Football player. As soon as you're my, my football history isn't that great. That's that's probably my weakest one. But uh, oh, there's one guy, and as soon as I say his name, you're gonna realize. I know, I'm gonna like kick myself. Oh, 100. percent Every time I tell somebody who it is, they go, "Oh, I never thought about that." He was one of the premier athletes. Yeah, just tell me. O.J. Simpson. Oh, my God. O.J. Simpson. No. Okay, that was the guy. You'll never forget it now. He is auspicious. For, how come O.J. Simpson was not in that picture? Because oh, he, he didn't was, give a fuck. He's practicing being white. Let's <laughs> cut to the chase. What was he doing in, in a huge civil rights, conscientious objector? Look with O.J. He was sharpening knives, wasn't he? <laughs> At that point in time, and I shouldn't say that because I'm still saying O.J. Simpson's still one of the greatest running backs of all time. And I do, Oh, for sure. And I'm glad that he made the but 100 <laughs> best players of all time. But how did he miss out on that picture? <laughs> O.J. Simpson was... And he's another guy that's very funny in a comedy movie. <laughs> there you go. Was he, in, was he ever he's in a naked gun? Oh, yeah, he was in Naked Gun. He's Kareem, hilarious in those movies. Yeah, he was in Naked Gun, and he was also... Um, and Kareem was in the... Um, um, airplane. 
airplane. I just want to know. Actually, in LeBron too, he was in uh, what's that Amy Schumer movie? Oh yeah, but LeBron was in Trainwreck. Was that whatever. Hey, LeBron was good in that. I haven't seen it, but I've only but no, heard I've like good things. I've seen the scene. Yeah, yeah. So why did he do Space Jam? They should throw that away. That movie should not be destroyed. Oh, that, for that, that, that's fueled by it. ego. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Speaking 100%. of being fueled by ego, um, the other night he took the all-time scoring record. I got, I got to rant about this a little bit. Okay, go ahead. LeBron went into this game not caring about the win. His team's in a playoff chase. It was all about just breaking the record that night. I'm going to – I hate – That's putting yourself above the team. Like, that uh, – I, Okay, I, that's your interpretation, but I'm going to let's put it this way, okay? Who was in the crowd that night? What do you mean? Look who was in the crowd. Everybody was there. Kareem was there. The whole family was there. Commissioner was there. Oh, Kareem – they, they could they have come back the next game in Milwaukee? I don't think they wanted to travel. They had to go from Oklahoma. Now, if, they, if, the, if the schedule had been that he was playing in L.A. and then he was playing in New York and then he was playing in Miami, I think things would have been a little different. So, so you're saying there's a little bit of tampering involved here? I'm not saying tampering. I'm just saying he thought, let's get it over. At the cost of your team making the playoffs? I still think they're going to make the playoffs. That they're not. I think, okay, so we got I like, to I, I like the moves that they made at the deadline. Gang, oh, yeah. Gang, I think gang, gang Russell Westbrook the F out of there. I okay, love that. that, 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 that I, I love Russell Westbrook, so whatever went on. He was a bad fit for that team, though. And not only that, I heard his attitude in the dressing room had to go. Like, there was almost, like, some physicalities. Like, like I heard. Oh, I bet. He was coming off the bench. He couldn't have been happy. Well, he was playing good off the bench, but something was going but on like, the dressing yeah. room. Brian Windhorst, who's one of the insiders in the NBA, he yep. said he's been around the team for the last month, and he said that the tension on the team was palatable. You go, he's, even on a night when one of the greatest records in the history of sports is about to be broken, he said the the dressing room was poison. I believe it. It was absolute poison. Like and AD's gone, body language was, was off oh, that game too. Every, like, nobody was getting along. Everybody was saying something had a break, and then they had the trade, and Russell Westbrook's gone. And you know what? I, I, I would say this more. I don't care that LeBron got the record out of the, out of the way. What surprised me was he did not play last night against Milwaukee at home. That's the thing that gets me. So, as we're going to get there now, we're going to might as well talk about the NBA and the mess that it is. Do I get into trade deadline? We can start to talk about that, but before I do that, I want to put a little caveat on everything I'm saying right now. I am so happy that the March Madness is only less than 30 days away because that means I'm not going to watch the NBA for a while. <laughs> I can completely ignore what's I, going I'm, on I'm in that Trammell League. I'm taking a page out of your book, too. I've been starting to watch a little bit more college ball lately. Thank you very much. Iowa I, State, I was impressed by them the other night, by the way. What's that? Iowa State, I was impressed by them Remember last Remember I, I mentioned yeah. Ohio State? I'm, I'm still saying they screw me every year. But we will do a little. I'm glad you're setting up because we're going to do a Final Four show because yes. we're going to have to put it out who you think is going to be in Final Four and who's our picks. I already take the day off. In case you ever know my work, and if my work is listening, they're going to tell you this. Cruz will not be at work for the first day, two days of the tournament. If I were to show up, they would go, what? There's little things, if you know my work history, because I've been at my job for 22 years, there's little things that go on at work that if I do, people take pictures of them, because what's he doing that? He never does that. So I have that kind of rep at my work. But there's certain things that go on at my work that I'm proud to say. If I were to walk into work on American Thanksgiving or the first day of the NCAA tournament, people would look to see if the sky is falling. Is it Armageddon? Is something What's wrong? Well, there is something wrong in the world. So you know what I do? I satisfy them. And I do not show up on American Thanksgiving, and I do not show up on the first day of the tournament. Look at you taking one for the team. That's, you, you got it. But the reason I'm saying that this way is because the quality of basketball in the NBA sucks this year, bro. 
The games are up and down. And you know what's scaring me? And we're going to talk about the trade deadline and up and down. You know what's scaring me? That these teams are gearing up so much for the playoffs is that we could suddenly have one of the greatest playoffs in the history of the NBA, which is going to make us forget how frivolous they made the season. The disrespect they showed for the fans, the disrespect they showed to the networks, the quality of games, which has been atrocious at times, and now they're all going to get together in the playoffs and say, let's go. Do you realize that right now in the West, what do we got? In the West, going into the playoffs, if the Los Angeles Lakers make it, who are we going to have in the playoffs? We're going to have LeBron and AD. We're going to have Kawhi and Paul George. We're going to have the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to have um, Kyrie and Luka playing. Yep. We now have the biggest move of all. The Phoenix Suns have to rate as a team that are going to win it all because you got Chris. They've got a real point guard that has nothing to do but be a point guard. And we're going to get up to the bitches part in a minute. But they've got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant coming at you every night. So that means Chris Paul, all he has to do is ball. And if yeah. one of those guys like is having an off night, you can and defer to the other three. And here's the even take us further. Chris Paul is you need to have a true point guard to win. Oh, well, 100%. Maybe, maybe not because what's Steph Curry? He was like the point shooter whatever. But you had Draymond Green that could distribute, though. There you go. So, But I'm saying this is going to be Chris Paul's greatest kick at the can, I think, because he doesn't have a ring. Oh, this better be. His, it, get, uh, and, like and, Two years ago, I thought they had it, when, when, but then they blew it to Milwaukee. But this is this no, got to be it. My, my, <clears throat> if I have my way, if I have my way, you know who I want to see in the finals? Let's hear it. I'd like to see the Toronto Raptors. But no, let's realistic. We're going to talk about the Raptors in a second because yes. I got to defend them because those guys on overdrive yesterday. I want to bitch slap every one of them, but we'll get to that because I ain't personal. done with the. I'm not. You're damn right. I ain't done with overdrive yet. But in any event, I would like to see Milwaukee and Memphis in the finals. Ooh, I can, I can get behind that. Oh, uh, you're damn I can get right. Behind that. Number one is, and I'm going to give John Morant credit for this. I love John Morant. Everybody knows it. I see him at Murray State. I've been talking about him since the college. I said that's the guy I like, and now he's here. Now, what Dylan Brooks did, did you see what Dylan Brooks did? To yes. <laughs> I can't defend that. Our boy <laughs> from stupidity. Brampton. I, I can't defend you. I know you're a rough rider. I know you're a little defensively. You're, you're He's out there every night playing against yep. the best score, and so it gets, you know, guys burn you in again, and Donovan Mitchell can burn anybody. But, I mean, I can't defend that, Dylan Brooks. But what I can defend is this. Milwaukee and Memphis are teams that are built from the ground up. You know what I mean? Yep. They are built from the ground up. They are built. To, they're built for the long run. This way we're going. They were not put together like a Lego house. You know what I'm saying? No, it wasn't one of these like super teams. That no. They, no. Okay, so they've been there, and then so is the Denver Nuggets. I was just gonna say. I'm I'm cheering for them. So if I hope the conference finals, I hope it's Denver in Memphis. But I mean, look at okay. If suddenly LeBron sneaks in the back door. With the team that the Lakers have put together right now, and do not underestimate the talent that is D'Angelo Russell. I was just going to get into that. That that three-way trade between them, uh, the Timberwolves, and the Jazz. I thought I, I think that's a great deal for all three of those teams. No La- doubt. Lakers come out of that with uh, D'Angelo, and they get uh, and Beasley. They get back. Yeah, uh, and that's West- defense. Yeah, Westbrook goes to the Jazz, where I mean they got caps. He ain't even he's not going to play. 
You don't think so? No, I, no. Danny Danny Ainge is running that team. Danny Ainge is a sneaky good. Look, at, you look at the Boston Celtics yep. are basically. Oh a yeah, Danny that, he built team. them. Okay, so now guess what? Do you know how many picks are going to have next year, and what's a off lot, the contract? A lot. A lot of it. And, and and Russell Westbrook's off the contract. That's forty million off your cap June first. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah, that's that's you're you're gone. So why do you think Utah took this? Oh yeah, expiring contracts. That's a, that's that, become that, such a commodity in the NBA. It, well, well, Utah's got a bunch of them going there. But let's get back to some of the trades here. And then Conley to the T Wolves. I like that trade too. But the T Wolves are done. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They, I, I, no, they're still in the play in. I think I think you got to give them a chance. I think he fits their team better than uh, D'Angelo does too. Well, D'Angelo said this much. Gobert is a bitch. And that's not good in your dressing room. And where does that leave Anthony Edwards, one of the best young players in the league? What's he looking around and saying? Where am I going to go? Now, let's oh, Minnesota has always been a shit show organization. Okay, and, and, and now uh, um, the Cats got done for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Anthony, he's gone for the year. Gobert has not been everything that he thought he would be in taking all that. No, that's been that. a disaster. That there trade. you go. So what do you, when you're Mr. Edwards, is Minnesota a desired stop in the NBA? It never has been. <laughs> there you go. So I think what they have done is um, by letting D'Angelo go, picking up some picks, because I think Conley's great. I think Conley, and the only problem with He was Con- probably one of the most underrated players in the league for like a decade. The only problem was him, he played for Ohio State. That's the only issue I had with the guy. If he didn't go to Ohio State, I'd be championing because he is a great point guard. And I yep. do think that he's got lost in the shuffle and never had a, a – like, he's played great when he's had to play, but nobody noticed him. He's the guy who's over there. He reminds you a lot of Sean Marion back in the day mm. who played for Dallas and that. He was yep. always a great player but never got his due. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. But the interesting thing is the reason I brought up Dallas is because I don't know how Luca and Kyrie are going to play together. This is a Mark Cuban shark tank kind of a move. <laughs> Let's bring it in. I can make it work. I think it's going to be – my prediction is I think it's going to be a very fun first few weeks with those two. But then I think, like, like they got – okay, they got better on offense, but they got worse defensively with this trade. Let's be real. What's your take on Kyrie Irving? I think he's a bitch. Oh, we're coming up today's show. We're bringing up the five biggest bitches in the NBA. He's that more. Is he's he's always about himself. Not. But it's always me. Yeah, me does me, that me, make me. him a bitch, though? I don't. He's always. And a then bitch. it's like, oh, I'm staying in Cleveland. He leaves. I'm staying in Boston. He leaves. I'm staying in Brooklyn. He leaves. Does not make him a businessman. Makes him a bitch. Oh, okay. I'm not. I okay. First of all, I be don't, a man of integrity, Kyrie. Like I don't know, man. Like like everything like stacked up against him, like. Okay, like I don't want to get too much into the the vaccine thing, but like, how frustrating do you think that is for like his teammates? Okay, no, 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 no. Let's go. Let's let's let's. I'll give you a quick history of Kyrie. When he was at Duke, his knee got wonky. I don't want to play. Did he even play? Played like six games. Yeah, there you go. Still first pick overall in the draft. Oh yeah. Okay, bitched in Cleveland till LeBron came back. Then bitched that he well I shouldn't be saying that because he's not in my top five. Bitches. Well, he he bitched in Cleveland once LeBron came. Uh, yes, because he said I thought I was he the man. He thought he was the guy. Come on, stop it. He went to Boston, grabbed the microphone, ran to the middle of the court, and said, <laughs> "I'll stay if you'll have me." The place loses their mind, and he was gone. What within ninety days of that? Oh, so that was yeah. his worst move. That was his worst. That by far. Okay. No, that's his second worst move. His oh. worst move is when <laughs> he took the, two weeks off. No, no, that's oh. his third worst, okay? <laughs> okay, that, no, that's probably his second worst. His worst was when he had to go home from work because he thought there was an insurrection in the White House. Oh, my 
Remember the day, the June 6th, the Trump day yeah, and all yeah. that? He took two weeks off because he was traumatized by the insurrection that might affect the whole, what is the United States of America? Wasn't there, uh, was that around the same time too where like he took time off and then they found him like in a club? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So that's his worst move. You took time off for insurrection. Oh, he says, well, it was a family birthday party. In a strip joint, stop it. Okay, in any event, that was there. Then there was the anti-Semitic nonsense. And I always wondered what was going to happen to Kevin Durant, but I'm not surprised because there was rumors about Durant because remember he asked for a trade journey offseason. Yes. And the thing that comes up is I want to say this. When you talk about the trade, 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 uh, trade deadline, let's peel back the onion. Okay, interesting things have happened because we're not talking about this collective bargaining agreement that's coming up very soon in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So let's the house that happens is we're keeping our eye on the collective bargaining agreement because I think a lot of things are going to happen. I'm going to put it this way. Let's discuss the owners. Okay. What's the owner's take in going in all this? What's the owner's take on uh, load management? What's the owner's take about on their TV contract? Let's owner's take on uh, how they're going to extend contracts. Okay. Yeah. Something interesting has happened in two ways. First of all, the Phoenix Suns could not do this trade last summer because the old owner was still in there. You know, the misogynistic. Oh, yeah. Okay, what I did not know until this week is when they were finalizing the deal to get him out, the new owner, uh, the new principal mm -hmm. owner of, of, the, of the Suns, he upped it to all the proceedings to go at the end of June. They were not supposed to go on until sometime in October, like they were going to do, like the, the machinations right, of right. The, who, who gets the money, moving the stock. I don't know. That's way, way above anything. I yeah, that understand. lawyer shit. Okay, exactly. So what happened was this guy deliberately made sure that, or, or I don't know what it was, June or whatever it was that he got in there because he wanted to make sure that he was owner by the trade deadline. <laughs> Okay, interesting, isn't it? What do you it? know? What do you know? See, that came out, and I went, what? Oh, why didn't that happen? They go, so he made sure he moved all the proceedings up. Now, I'm not on the inside to know anything about that. I've just heard about, like, Brian Windhorst and those couple guys that are insiders. When they brought this stuff up, and they go, don't forget this part of the deal. And I went, interesting. So now an owner knew that was going on. The only thing is they did give up Cam Johnson. Don't forget that. Cam Johnson, the one guy that went to New Jersey who's got eight wingmen now with all the deals they made. They got too many guys like the Raptors, but that's another story. The bottom line is this, this owner got in there because he says, I want to make a splash. So he made a splash, and he's got arguably four of the best guys going. Do not, do not sleep on DeAndre Ayton and his relationship with the coach. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Ayton is a serious big man in this league. Now, he looks like Grady from Sanford and Son, and you don't know who he is. Because I know I, Sanford and Son. Okay, he looks like Grady. Because you know what I mean? And I love this because I had uncles like this when we make jokes. Some black men, when they're 20 years old, they look the same as when they're 60 years old. <laughs> Nothing changes on those old black men. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. And DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, when he came in the room right now, people would guess his age. They'd guess he's 20. Some people would guess he's 40. Sure. You know what I mean? So I say don't sleep on this guy. He was a big-time college player, and he's a good player. I hope they make it fit because that's what Durant always needs, that yeah. one guy to go in the middle. Because when he's got Booker on the side and Chris Paul, one of the premier all-time great point guards, mm -hmm. this owner was smart to get in there early and know that he was going to get him at oh, the trade yeah. time. Very savvy move. Very it's, savvy. There you go. But first of all, Kyrie went first. 
Do you know that the better fit was with the Lakers and the better trade was with the Lakers? However, what was the package that they were offering? They were offering that that 29 um that um first round pick. That that first round pick, they were going to go one more year, which is insane because that's like down the road destroying the franchise, but I think there was going to be two picks. They were going to give up Westbrook and um, not Schroeder, but the other score. Not the guy that got traded. I'm forgetting. Another, there was more player involved. Okay. But the new New York Nets owner <laughs> said, I'm going to give in to Kyrie. Screw you. All the things that Kyrie did to the organization. Do you think they're going to ship him off to L.A.? Nah. They shipped- I love that, by the way. Oh, it, that, he said, that. no, you ain't going. You're going to Dallas. Screw you, pal. And that's why they had to trade him. Like, uh, And which another thing that blew my mind. When I heard Kyrie ask for the trade demand, first of all, I, I felt like saying, F you, Kyrie, who are you? This is selfish, not being a bitch. Because part of the reason was business because no one's going to give him the contract. He wanted yeah. the three years, and the Nets said, no, we, we, what have you done for us lately, pal? So I'm going to give the owners a little bit of credit here in not letting the players get away with everything they want. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that has to be done because who's thinking of the fans here? Someone's got to. The house that happens is always thinking about the fans. And right now, I said, I'm glad the tournament's coming on because I'm turning off the NBA for a while because I'm sick of all the garbage, what it's doing. This is like, you're not even, there's no consideration for the fans. No. What about the fan base in, in, in Brooklyn now? Yeah, those like number seven and number 11 jerseys, they're bottom just going to be collecting dust till oh the end of time. Oh my God. Now. Okay, so they have no, re- they, they, their fan base. What respect? Okay, I'm going to give Danny Ainge the rebuild. What have they done in Utah? Completely said, okay, trust the process. Okay. You know what, though? Like, I, however, I think we're saying kind of comparing apples and oranges here. With Utah, like, uh, Utah, like, they, were, they weren't going to win with that core. Something okay. was rotten. Okay, so I don't mind that. They gave it a shot for three years. They broke it down. Danny, Danny Ainge is going to rebuild it. I got it. Okay, we get that. Brooklyn, you brought, you gave, you gave Durant and you gave uh, Kyrie. Basically, you guys are going to run the show, not yep. Sean Marks. How did that work out? Part three is LeBron James or is it uh, Pal- Pal- Palinka? Palinka. Who's the general manager in, in LA? <laughs> okay, so that's what I'm saying. So my take on it is where, what, where do we go with the fans? I don't know. There is no fan take on this. It's all about the money, and those goddamn owners want the playoff money. So they put that super team together to see how far they're going to go, collect the cash, and screw you fans because we're not playing our guy in Oklahoma City tonight anyway because he needs load management. It's all about the bottom line for these guys. It's always about money. So I'm telling you, I've been watching the NBA for 50 years. My first favorite player... Played with Lou Alcindor, by the way. <laughs> His name was Curtis Rowe. Had the coolest afro, played for the Detroit Pistons. Guy was like, what would you call him today? He'd be like a... He'd be like, a, what kind of player could I relate him to? He'd be like a Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. He's that guy. I don't even know he's quite that good. The reason I want to bring up Spencer Dinwiddie is he's a damn good basketball player. Oh, yeah. And he's getting shuffled around like last week's newspaper. Yeah, the, in the NBA, it's kind of unfortunate with the, like these kind of like mid-level guys. You can call them like starters, but not quite stars. You know, like that—that's the way it is. They—they they sell personalities. Yeah. So we're going to go first full circle on that in a minute. I'm going to tell you why because I'll tell you what. There's a couple other things you're going to. Well, I want to talk about. We are the Toronto 
we are, House That Happens is based in Toronto, right here in Etobicoke, so it would be remiss if we didn't bring up the Toronto Raptors. Well, I want to bring you, I want to ask you one more question about the Nets, though. Okay. Is this the fastest you've ever seen, like, a championship caliber ever. team disassemble? 100%. 100%. Uh, uh, this never. is historic. Oh, and, and, and levels. And you know you have to look at it differently because once upon a time I keep bringing up, and I go, that was different because they were all drafted and they were a team. People forget that Harden, Westbrook, and Durant were one time in OKC. And Ibaka. And Ibaka. Okay, so that's a different dynamic because they were all drafted. They were all looking who was there. Nobody – Harden wasn't Harden quite yet, but you no. knew he could be. So I'm saying that – Small market. Small market, yeah. Things different got a little – Things got – yeah. And it, people, they were at different points in their careers at that time. But they did go to a final. Yep. Okay, but so it, it got discombobulated. But this one in Jersey, no doubt. I've never seen anything collapse like this except for the Los Angeles Rams, but that's a different sport and a lot of injuries, okay? Yeah. So that's a whole different ballgame. But I've never seen a team of this level collapse this quickly. It doesn't make any sense to me. You had Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. What did they play together in three years? 60 games? Oh, less than that, I think. They played 60 goddamn games now. None of those guys are on that team. How do you feel about being the New Jersey Nets now? You start all over Brooklyn again? Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Brooklyn Nets. Okay. <laughs> In any event, they've got eight great wingmen, and they didn't make any more deals at the deadline. But they do have Cam Johnson. They do have Spencer Dinwiddie, and they have three or four picks this year. So I do think they have the opportunity. Well, they got a uh, thing, too, in that New Jersey – or in the – Phoenix Steel, uh, Bridges. Oh, and Bridges too. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. He's and the Spencer. one that's like, I think he's like... I think that, no, I think the bigger loss for Phoenix was Cam Johnson because he comes off the bench and he can play defense and he's big and he's got ice in his veins. He'll shoot Bridges the Bridges is one of those guys though. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys, if you give him more touches, he could score like 20, 25 points a night. He was never the big scorer in Michigan State either. So I'm saying I'd rather have 15 points in his defense. Okay, yeah, And he's enough. on the court on the last two minutes of the game. So I'm saying that Phoenix could hurt you know what I mean? Yeah. Those getting those tough games. Like he, he, every team needs a dirty work. Like in the NHL, like in the NBA, you gotta have a dirty work guy, and he's them. So that might hurt them. But do you think that that uh, Phoenix is the front runner now? I think so. Where do you put Milwaukee? Uh, it's tough. I mean, it's it's between them and Boston in the East, in my opinion. They're like the only two left. I don't. I don't really believe in Philly. I don't really believe in the Cavs. Oh, I do believe in the Cavs. I think the really? Cavs are going to be the sleeper team. Oh, yeah. They you think still... they're knocking off either Boston or Milwaukee? I think if they're any team, they could do it. Because people forget, they got a guy like um, DeAndre Aiden and Mobley. Mobley. Mobley's an underrated big man in the middle. They got Jared Allen. So those two guys are two towers in the middle. And Donovan Mitchell and Garland, who I think is the most underrated point guard in the NBA. That kid is dynamite. The thing is, though... Cleveland has not been a good road team this year. Agreed. Boston and Milwaukee have been great road teams this but year. I, I, that I'm could not, be the difference. I'm, I'm saying that I think that Boston and Milwaukee will end up in the conference finals. But I think if there's anybody that's going to upset the apple cart in the East, it's going it to be, be Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, fair I, enough. I'm, 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 I'm saying that there. But here's my take on it. I do believe the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, but we're not going to talk about the Lakers because everybody talks too much about those guys. We're done. LeBron, congratulations. You won the championship. Everything's cool. You know what I mean? We got a future future NHLer in the room. How you doing, kid? We'll, we'll get him on the mic later. We'd like to get his uh, his cousin on here too. But the bottom line is, I think that the main future NHLer. Oh yeah, the Iron Dudes. <laughs> okay, anyway, Serge here. We didn't mean to interrupt. We should have had him on the microphone. But I'm really saying the serious contenders are you. Th you you're bringing up. 
I think that the two teams I'm going to cheer for the most are the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm cheering for both of those teams. I hope John Morant sticks a fucking basketball up their asses because guess what? Nobody respects a small market team. And Josh said it best. I'll be in the slam dunk contest if you pay me a million (laughs) dollars. And everybody said, you greedy little bastard. I said, no, they didn't even give Memphis a time of day. If they didn't have John Morant, who would, would they be talking about? Mm-hmm. Since all those guys left Oklahoma City, who's whoever talks about Oklahoma City? Okay, Minnesota, Minnesota got some tread because they won a playoff round last year, but who's talking about Minnesota right now? No, nobody. Oh, let's talk. Oh, Minnesota want to play in game. Let's. Okay, <laughs> let's so that's right. Now, okay, now let's take it one step further. What's happening with the, the world famous San Antonio Spurs? Oh, they're they're tanking. Okay, so guess what? They're the third team in a big state. Okay, oh, yeah. And yeah, where yeah. are they going anywhere? Okay, you say, well, what about Houston? Houston's building a team. Oh, yeah. So we'll, go, we'll talk to, let's talk about Houston in a couple they're bad, years from They're now. bad right now, but in, in a year or two, I think uh, they could be back on the way Oh, I, I think they do with the, with the players they've got. So what I'm doing when the playoffs comes down, and I see all these super teams that have been built in the last six months, I'm not going dis, to disrespect the fact that Jamal Murray got hurt, and he looked oh, yeah. great in the playoffs, and he's back now. And, and, um, he's looking good, too. And Porter's looking good. And, of course, we have the Joker. Your buddy. Oh, yeah, but I, I don't mind him because the guy that I'm going to say is before we go, we I, I would be remiss. There's people out there ready to say, are we really going to do this? And I'm saying, yes, we are. And we're going to Oh, disc- we didn't touch on the Raptors. Oh, 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 oh yes, right. So uh, the, uh, instead of tearing it down, they elect to add a player at the deadline. I like that. <sighs> I mean, I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. And this is okay. Listen, it's, I wish. It's frustrating, though. Can I mail this? this episode right to overdrive and i'm gonna tell you what you guys are in toronto and all you do is kiss maple leaf ass and all you could do yesterday is question Masai and everything the raptors are going nowhere it wasn't just it wasn't just overdrive this was all toronto radio because they're all suck you know what they don't realize that toronto's about two pieces away for being a serious contender now, let's put it this way. What if Kyrie Irving suddenly were playing on the Toronto Raptors right now? Oh, God, please no. Okay, I'm not saying that. Okay, so then let's bring in... <laughs> let's put Durant. So let's okay, use Durant. Okay, say so we use Durant in there. We're a contender with I think team? so. Okay, so now there's something wrong with the chemistry in the dressing room. Absolutely. Okay, so... That's that's my concern. So should Masai going to work his way through it because he didn't get rid of everybody? And everyone knows who has two first-round picks on the table from two teams for OG. Three. Three first-round Three first-round picks from Indiana and Memphis. We're both offering that. For for OG, for OG. Right? Okay, so I'm going to tell you this much. Then maybe they're going to have to have a little roundtable and discuss OG's role because I don't think OG is going to be a 30 point a night scorer. No, but I think that they could put a little bit more offense through him. So because Pascal thinks yeah, he can handle the ball exactly. So everyone thinks it should go through Pascal. No, he's easier finisher. So I think they should have traded him. So let's go this mm. now. All of these guys are under 30 years old. Think about this, okay? The thing is, though, if you trade Pascal, you're looking for another top scorer. Okay, so then let's not trade him. Okay, so what you do is you got to add the piece or pick up somebody in free agency. Because let's look at it this way. Pascal, OG, Fred Van Fleet, Scotty Barnes. uh, Gary Trent. Gary Trent. Oh, I think he should have been gone. He's a bad fit in this team. When he's hot, he's he's like the girl with the curl on her forehead. (laughs) It sounds like they're, 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 whatever, like the contract extension could be coming with him, though. So I don't completely mind that. It sounds like it's good. I don't think it's going to be like a huge contract anyways, like probably like a 20 million a year kind of thing. I say pay the luxury tax, you're Rogers. You just fired John Tory, so there's a salary that you can keep, okay? 
<laughs> in any event, I'm just saying, I think I'm very happy. I think, and, and I heard an interesting point, a very interesting point about um, Masai Ujiri. He has made some very shrewd, cool, calculated moves. Oh, yeah. And he's also got a ring. The Kawhi deal fried him. So maybe he's not as uh, trigger happy as he used to be because Masai is the guy that could usually keep people in town. Kawhi left. Kawhi loved everything about Toronto except January and February. I I think Masai knew that was a possibility, though. Let's be real. Okay, I did too. But then again, he he unloaded everything to get Giannis, and it didn't work. Giannis stayed in Milwaukee because they won a championship. So I'm not saying that's bad moves on Masai's part. I'm saying that I, I, I... trust in Masai. I do. So I'm just saying I don't know where it's going to come from. I think that they should make Scotty Barnes a more pivotal part in the team because people made fun of the fact, oh, he got too many commercials. He's got sophomore slumps. Have you seen Scotty Barnes in the last 10 games? Oh, he's really turned it up. Oh, you're damn right he he's does. Really and he, he's, he's a great, great player. And I think that we should, I think that thing about Scotty Barnes is he's still young and he defers to the older players a bit too much. Sometimes he should be the go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Offensively. I agree. He could go there. So if we could turn him into the go-to offensive guy, he'll open it up more for the OGs, the Pascals, the Fred Van Fleet. Because the only problem with Fred Van Fleet is this. Sometimes he shoots too much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I I, I think I've gone into this a little bit too. I, I'm not in love with the way how they utilize him. I think he's a better like off-ball kind of guy. And like using him as who, like... Who's going who's gonna, to uh, direct the offense? That's the thing. I, I would experiment with Scotty. No, I don't. I think I think they should keep... I think Scotty should be our definitive small forward mm. because then he'll learn the ball up because sometimes they use him as the power forward. Yeah. Pascal should be the power forward. He should, you know, he's got strength. He's got good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would use him there more because I'm saying that the Raptors are. I'm really glad. Like, okay, we've had some problems. We should be better defensively. Yeah. Part of the reason yeah. we haven't been defensively is because sometimes you need, you got all your wing guy, but who, who rimmed? Who rimmed? Who's your rim protector? Yeah. They just got one. They yeah, got twenty five games to figure out with this lineup what they're gonna do. And, and as I've heard before, there's nothing they couldn't do at the trade deadline that they can't do this summer. Yep. Yep, I agree. Okay, so like they can trade OG this summer. They can trade Gary Trent this summer. You know Potentially what I'm even Fred. Even Fred. I hope they don't trade Fred. Personally, from my point of view, from watching basketball all the years that I've that you you want, look at all the teams that are our contenders. Someone has got to control the ball to bring it up court. All these hybrid players, because it gets to more of a half court game in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Fred Van Fleet's a very good half court player. That's you, true. You know what I'm saying? He's been like that since Wichita State. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say, let's keep him. I want to keep Fred Van Fleet. Now, if he goes, what are we going to get for him? I don't know. That's the thing. Okay, so I'm going to go. Let's go, let's go Toronto Raptors. Good luck getting the play in. Upset somebody. You can beat Ooh, anyone. I hey, listen, you overdrives, tank, but... mofos. When they get in the playoffs and win a first-round playoff upset, I want to be on your show to look you in the eye. And, oh, dog, I don't have to say anything to you because you weren't on that episode. <laughs> it was the other three clowns, so I don't keep couldn't go cutting them up because we shouldn't be doing that. It's a Canadian show, and they're doing their best to entertain us with other things besides hockey, which they don't do very well. But so, are we going to get to our bitch list? Our bitch list to 2023. Who are the five biggest bitches in the NBA? Can I start us off, please? Please do. 
Number five, Draymond Green. Oh, okay. Okay, so you you can get to yours. Number four in my list, Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Oh, he scored 70 points. How can he be a bitch? He's always bitching. And you know what the period on the sentence is? When he was in the bubble and he said, move the Raptor away when he's taking a foul shot. That's a bitch move of top 10, top five bitch move. You can't shoot with a mascot. There's nobody in the fucking arena, buddy. And you had to move the mascot, and he cries. Devin Booker, number four for me. Number him and the Raptor, they made up, didn't they? (laughs) No, because our our guy that drives the car, yeah, he had to go say something because he looked like a bitch. Okay, number three on my list. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia Sixers. That guy wakes up with Midol in his pockets. Come on. That guy, if he doesn't get his way, and I hope Philadelphia gets knocked out early, even though they're looking really good. I hope so, too. You know I what I mean? I hope they out. get gone, because we didn't really mention them. But they're, they're, if they upset somebody, I really, as much as Embiid is a bitch, I really think that he should have been, should have been one of the, the top five players to uh, in the All-Star game. He, mm-hmm. he was not voted in as a starter. Well, because... He's not exactly well loved. Well, exactly, but still, the guy the guy has played well. Philadelphia's in position they are in because of Joel Embiid. Oh, and for I'm sure. Actually too, you know what I mean. So I can't. He's still a bitch, still a bitch. But um, he he should have got more credit for the All Star because just because you're a bitch doesn't mean you're not an All Star. Because that brings me up to number two, Luka Doncic. Oh come on, he is a bitch. That guy wakes up in the morning. First of all, get in shape. How's and he a bitch? Credit. How's he a bitch? Uh, most techs in the league taken over from Draymond Green, number one. Most techs in the league. Doesn't leave a referee in low, barks at his own players, sits down like a petulant little boy because they don't score when he's not on the court. Be a team guy, buddy. He's a bitch, in my opinion. In my opinion. But we'll, we'll see. These are my five. We can adjust it when you get your five in here. But the queen bitch in number one for me is he's in the gateway to the south, the city that's always growing, Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Oh. <laughs> Queen bitch. I was waiting for this one. Oh, yeah. He's number one. What's he doing this week? He's crying. I heard he had Depends in his freaking bag when he comes to the games now. He's such oh, a no. bitch. Did you see him the other night? Crying at the coach, crying at the refs. And you know what? That's one bitch that got traded for the other bitch. <laughs> Luca and Trey, they'll always be connected. Oh, yeah. Because obviously Dallas fleeced, because who would you rather have? Luca. Okay, so that's what I mean. They drafted Trey, traded to get... So guess what? Mark Cuban, you did make a smart move that day. Oh, yeah. You, did, you made a Shark Tank move. But that's my five bitches. Do you anyone that can... Give me someone that you can knock off my list. So I have I have two of mine are the same as yours. So I have okay. Embiid and Green. Okay. I think those are pretty okay. self-explanatory. Yep. <clears throat> Kyrie Irving. This guy's a fucking coward. <laughs> and he, he's always run me the wrong way. Okay, so let's not make... We're not trying to make it personal. We're just going what they... I'm just present. saying. I'm just okay. saying. So I'm going to give Kyrie this. He's more of a businessman. See, he's thinking of his money. Yes, because what he has done is when he's made his maneuvers, like when he made his move to Boston and he left Boston, he got the contract, didn't he? Yep. That was a business move. Now, the same people that gave him that contract, they're not going to give it to him again. That's the reason he got to be shipped out. So is that really a bitch move? I think what he's done is, okay, let's see what- That's just part of it. Okay. It's it's the stuff, like you said, about the the insurrection at the White House. Like, oh, I had to take that time off. 
Oh, I'm hurting. Okay, but then he also got... Okay, I can't say about the vaccination thing because I didn't get vaxxed. So no, I, no I disrespect if you're unvaccinated. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm just... I it's, think it's, he took that too far. I, I agree. He took it too <laughs> I far. Agree. All right. All right. And then when he brought up the, the anti-Semitic stuff that made you lose more games, that's not a bitch move. I think that's what... What, what the problem with Kyrie is like... He's very good in the community, I hear. He does a lot for underprivileged kids that he doesn't let anybody yeah. know. Um, he's a deep thinker. So deep that he thinks the world's flat. Is that being a bitch? Well, that, that was him trolling. Let's okay, I, I, okay, I'll give him that. So my definition of... Well, when I'm thinking about a, a bitch is, is like what you do on the court with your teammates whenever... Kyrie's been never called a bad teammate. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Everybody, and, 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 and he's never, you've never heard about him bad. They just say about, he makes personal decisions can that I, you can, have to question. Okay, fair enough then. Can I replace him with someone else then? Sure. Can I have a mulligan? Okay. Russell Westbrook. Oh my God. Now this my guy buddy, makes everything about himself on uh, the court. He takes fucking stupid shots. He <laughs> runs his mouth. Oh my, I, I've never been a Westbrook guy. I'm I've trying, never been a I'm trying guy. To, Okay, you know what, though? He leaves his uniform on the field every game. He no, Nobody plays harder. He doesn't but do But he's not doing the right things. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I don't think he's a team player. Okay, so let's get this much. He okay. cares more about triple doubles than wins. Okay, so MB definitely makes our list. Draymond Green as and well. And Draymond Green definitely makes our list. Okay. Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben's got I'm mental surprised. health problems. <laughs> You can't say a guy's a bitch if he's got mental health problems. You can you? argue all can these guys have mental health problems. Well, that's probably true. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know what happened in the dressing room at Philadelphia. Hmm. Okay, it came down to Embiid or Simmons. Simmons lost, obviously, and I'd keep Embiid over Simmons obviously. too. Obviously. Uh, okay, so something went on in the dressing room, so I don't know what went on because before that happened he was trending into being one of the best two-way players of the league he was on the verge of being voted defensive player of the year and he made first team all defense two mm -hmm. years in a row so obviously Simmons was doing something right ever since what went on with him and Embiid that went on now he became a bitch yeah okay but I'm putting Embiid on my bitch list they can so, both be on the bitch list okay so what I'm just saying that who caused the grief there I don't know so let's just go there does Trey Young make our bitch list uh, we could put him on. I also have, I don't know if you'll agree with this, I have uh, Kevin Durant on my bitch list. Then you should have Fred Van Fleet on the list too then. You could make an argument there. But I'm saying, no, I don't think Kevin Durant is a bitch. I think he's another guy that his problem is this. He made the wrong move when he went to Golden State. Now, can you say it's wrong? No. But he got two rings out of it, and he was a two-time MVP yeah. finals. Okay? So... I'm saying I, the reason I didn't, Kevin Durant up until that point was my favorite player in the league. I've loved Durant since yeah. I've seen him in Texas, since I've seen him play basketball. Oh, in he's hand. fantastic. And, and he wants to be, he, he wants to hoop all the I would time. say he was probably my favorite player in the league too, right before that Golden State it, When he made, how, how do you question that? Then not, okay, so I can't, I'm not, it, it's so the, he's going to be one of the top 10 players of all time. Agreed. So if a top 10 player of all time, I think that I'm going to give him a pass on the bitch part. Because oh, uh, that's not fair. I'm going to because I don't think Kevin Durant. This, he this, just wants this to. This has nothing to do with skill. No, I agreed, but he hasn't done any like premier bitch things. Maybe you can argue that he has. So what did he do? He left Golden State because he had to prove for himself. Is that a bitch move? Because he wanted to go somewhere else. Because they're saying Kevin Durant, you always you joined a 73 win team. Yep. 
So you can't live that down. No, you can't. Okay, so therefore, I'm not saying that's a bitch move. That ended up getting him a ring because everybody wants a ring, right? So I'm saying no, Durant does not make the bitch list. Okay. But I'll give you Kyrie. Okay. I'll give you Kyrie. And I, I hate to do that because that means who do I got to take off the list? Does that mean I'm going to give Booker a pass? I'll give Booker a pass. Because I can't give Luca a pass. Luca is a pure bitch. Okay. He's fine. a pure bitch. He, he did you see his body language and everything? Now, this is gonna say that unfortunately, Mark Cuban, if you're listening, two of the biggest bitches in the league now are, are on your team, according to the house <laughs> that happens. So if that's the case then, so we got MB, Green, Kyrie, and Luca. I'm saying Trey Young. I don't okay, I, you can put Trey Young on. I'll put Trey Young on because, like, um, who else you mentioned? We can't mention Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons, I'm going to give him a break on the mental health issues. Who else did you have on your list that we, we brought up that I didn't we didn't get there? Uh, I had West, I was I talked about oh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Westbrook is a whole different. No. You, you can know even why? put LeBron on this list, actually. Oh, I've heard that, too. When people come up and says, why don't you put LeBron? Isn't he the number one, bitch? I've heard that. Since I brought this up on my other chat groups and places that I've gone, people... And you know what? I can't Wait, put... LeBron put in an Oscar-worthy performance when he got that uh, no-foul call there against the Celtics. That was the worst call of the year, by the it way. Was a, worst I, call I, of I'm the year. I'm not taking away from that. Oh, it was, no, it was a terrible worst, call. Worst call of the year. I think he was overdramatic about it. But then again, so I've, seen, I've seen... I've seen... Um, the only guy that I've never really seen lose their shit as an all-time great is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I've seen Jordan lose it. Oh, yeah. For, for, for something. My boy Isaiah Thomas is my favorite. I've seen him lose it on occasion doing crazy-ass stuff. Um, who else? I've seen Charles Barkley do some yep, nutty shit. Yep. Kobe could have been considered a bitch in his day. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when you're thinking about it, but as the top ten guys, I'm going to let their talent kind of move them over. So I'm going to give Westbrook... Um, I'm going to give Westbrook a pass because I'm going to blame that on LeBron. And let's look. Let's mm. do. Let's do some hindsight, which is 2020. If LeBron had to do I would, it, I would have said Westbrook was a bitch back on OKC, though. Would you? Yeah. Like I said, he cared more about the like the triple doubles than than wins. At the, I, I don't know. I just think he was playing like a crazy ass player. <laughs> I don't know. Like triple mm. doubles. I mean, you know, did he, he was being, he was selfish? Did he devalue them? Did he devalue the triple double? Definitely. Ooh, interesting take yeah, on the house that happens. Did. Okay, then we'll say maybe maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, my, my just take on it is, when I'm looking at a bitch, is like, when you come into the league and you're Trey Young, what did you do? Nothing. Mm. You're bitching like 10 men. Luca, you've come into the league, what did you do? You did get to a conference finals. but could, what? Could, he's arguably having an MVP season this year, too. That's because he never gives up the goddamn ball. He just keeps, he's a ball hog. You know what's proven to me? That Jalen Brunson's a much better basketball people than to give him credit for. And the New York mm. Knicks made a good move by signing him as a free agent because the Knicks are making noise. Not that they're going anywhere, no. but the Knicks are a lot more credible if they've been. So what has happened? Dallas stock went down. The Knicks stock went up. Who's, a, who's the who, what's yeah. a common denominator? <laughs> Jalen Brunson. Fair enough. So I will say I, I will I, I'm gonna I, I got to keep Luca into the bitch thing. I think it's kind of weird because I'm gonna be honest with you. When when everyone was talking about being Kyrie was a bitch, I'm just I, I and the trade came down. I said, oh, can we put two bitches on one team? So I left Kyrie out of it, and I'm still it's not a brave sure. New world for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm gonna say so, but your argument I can't I can't argue with a lot of things that you said that of Kyrie have done the track record going all the way back to college to now. I'm saying sometimes those are business decisions or were they really just bitch decisions? 
Okay, so. So who's our so how many do we have? We've got Embiid, Green, Kyrie, Luca, and Young. That's Top our five? five. That's our five. We're gonna leave it at that. So here's what I want to do before we go on to talk about Super Bowl. It's something that I want to find out, Mr. Milani, how you are thinking. We have the NHL and we have the NBA. I believe that the quality of games in the NBA, I mean the quality of the games in the NHL has surpassed the quality of games in the NBA by far. 100%. Not even No question. doubt about it. However, I want to know that because the NBA has a higher profile than the NHL, and some people in the um, big pundits in the NHL say um, that the uh, National Hockey League is a niche sport, which I do not believe. I can't accept that at any point in time no. because the playoffs are going to come. And we're going to see the first round greatness of hockey again, which we do every year. But I'm saying is we just did a top five bitch list about the NBA. We did a top 10 player list in the NHL. We didn't say anything about bitches. All we talked about is the personality of Brad Marchand rising up the, the league of the game. So is there something to be said about, is the NHL too bland? Oh, I definitely think so. Really? I think so. So what do we do to change the, this? I mean... How do you... Okay, because now... Look I, at, I, look I think it's trade. a systematic problem with hockey. Like It's, like, it's kind of like baseball, where it's like these guys are just like developed to be like a certain way team first kind of keep that ego in check at least to the outside world okay in the dressing room obviously i, I bet like you know these guys have like their dicks hanging out so to speak right yeah at, at times yeah I, I yeah i think it's a systematic thing so how do you draw the fans back like let's just talk about this okay nobody beats on ice product but the on ice product is great I think you're slowly building it up now with with the, the streaming on ESPN. Obviously, in Canada, it's hockey. Okay, so, okay, we know that, but, no, yeah. but I, I don't want to talk about Canada. That's that's money in my back pocket. You know what I mean? That that's reserves. I never have to go on. I want to talk about. I want to talk about. I'm a hockey guy. People don't realize how big of a hockey guy I am. You see what I'm wearing today? Yes, I do. This is number one in my world, and I'm a Detroit Lions nut bar. And okay? he's wearing a Montreal Canadiens T-shirt for. Those of you listening. Oh, and by the way, I thought I would double down because I oh had my to God. Shirt, so I thought I would double down <laughs> Two on Canadians it. t-shirts. Thank you very much. So I love hockey. And I want to thank you, Mr. Milani, for this. I've watched more hockey this year because I wanted to keep up on the league a lot more. It's easy for me to keep up on the NBA because I watch so much college and I watch so much NBA. So I had to go and look like... This time a year ago, I did not know how good Kiprasov was on the Minnesota. Kiprasov. Whatever the hell his name is, I know how good he is. I've changed my tune on Jack Hughes. Yep. Okay? I wish that Jack Eichel would have done a little more. I don't know how yeah, he's, he's fallen through the crowd. He's year. been okay. But so what I'm saying is that the arguments I've had about talking about guys playing in the third period, why bunting should be on at the end of the game. You know what I mean? i got to talk about the greatness of the Boston Bruins because they're doing something spectacular on his, in historical ways. Okay? What are we talking about in the NBA? Guys jacking around their franchises. Guys being bitched. Guys not, not playing. And they still got a higher profile than the NHL. Yeah. That's what's driving me crazy. Still getting the eyeballs. I know there's like a lot of people talking about how the ratings are down, but the ratings are hold down. Hold on, though. That a lot of that's because just a lot less people are subscribed to cable, and people are streaming everything now. Okay, and so those is, numbers, that, and is like, that affecting the NHL too? Then I think it is because the, the the ratings came out for the NHL and they're down as well. But I think it's the same thing, like where it's tough to judge the streaming numbers. Okay, until we get, I, I've heard that too, and I think that's very that uh, that's a very 
very viable argument in this way. Yeah. We do not know exactly how many eyeballs are on the game. Exactly. For example, I have one of those magic boxes. Okay? When I come home, I put on the magic. I watch more than porn on my magic box, people. Okay? <laughs> Let's get to the cut. Chase here. I wouldn't have guessed that based on some of the bar conversations I've heard. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, in any event. That, it, that's not just you, by the oh, way. Okay. I know that. It's just, it seems to be the way of the world. But I'm saying so. I'm watching a lot of hockey, especially at night now. If I don't get a regional game, I can go home and hit the box. Oh, yeah. And I can get the replay. Hence the reason I like that guy on Seattle. Because I happen to see late night as a lot of oh, Seattle yeah. games. I'm going, that guy's getting my attention. How did I know that? All of a sudden, I'm realizing that Fox guy on the Rangers is a great freaking defenseman. Why? Because I'm watching more hockey. And I'm finding the product is better than I'm watching the game when I'm racing to the TV to get home from work. I'm cracking the beer. Milwaukee's playing Memphis. This could be a NBA final. Oh, I'm losing by yeah. 40. How, like, do, and, how many and, games have I come home now? I'm going to say this much. In the last little while, the upcheck and quality of games is getting better because now people are scrambling for the playoff yeah, position. Yeah. So is the, that's a natural effect yeah. of the game going forward, okay? Yep. You know what I'm saying that way? But I'm going to say this much. I want to know, and people at that, listening to the house that happens, and I know that some of my boys on my chat will be listening about this. How do we raise the profile in the NHL when the product's already better? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Marshawn, that little vermin, piece of mother, whatever, is right. Until these people start coming out and showing that there's something personalities underneath these helmets. You know what I mean? Look at is the that NBA. possible, though? That's my question. Then what's going to happen is, is what's going to happen to your beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. The reason they might not make it to the conference finals, as I'm saying, is they don't have that extra spunk. That extra little something that you're going to need in that game that people are going to remember. That personality that takes somebody out because they want to win in the third period and they're not worried about if they played 18 or 20 minutes of ice time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah. when it comes in the fourth quarter of an NBA game, you think there's any load management there? Oh, hell no. Okay, so why? And I've noticed, and I'll give Mr. Keefe this, this uh, him and his coaching, and I'll also give it to the Ranger coach. Uh, what's his name? I love him. Gallant? Is Gallant yeah, Charger yeah, okay. Gallant. Okay, and well, I my like, grandfather's a big fan of his, too. Well, yeah, the reason being is because when it gets to the third period, they can figure out, how are we going to win? Hey, Cruz, end of the bench. You're yeah. not going to get many minutes. You, you look good in the first period. You ain't giving us nothing to their Cruz. Milani, you're at the end of the bench tonight. Yeah. Okay, because we need those guys. They're still not doing that. And I and I used to find with Babstock was the old coach. And, and you know who was the worst was? It was Pat Quinn. Is They just kept rolling the four lines no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then something, you didn't get the cup. Right? No. Yep. Okay, he did win in Detroit. But guess what? He, he only shortened won the bench. Only won one. But you know what he did? He had Eiserman. He shortened the bench. Oh, he didn't even have Eiserman with that. It was oh, Datsuk. Oh, Datsuk, yeah. But they, that's what I'm saying. Datsuk they, and Zetterberg. Yeah, and Zetterberg, yeah. But then you notice he's short in the bench in those games. Remember in Detroit in the playoffs when it got down there? Who was out there? Yeah, even then, though, like they, they still rolled four lines at, like from I what I remember. The, I do, but in the third period, I've noticed the good coaches, they start tightening it up more. They, 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 they're going to Bab, Bab, Babcock was a stubborn one, though. I think oh. he was that roll that four line, even oh. in the third period. Oh, he was brutal sometimes. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. You, you're better off with Keith, yep. who will shorten his oh, line. Oh, oh Babcock ran 
his ran himself out of town. Well, that's a lot of other stupidity in his part because we are talking about the NBA here. But our our quest is going to be this: we will be talking about the NCAA tournament very very soon, and we're going to say that I'm very scared that if you look at how the teams are built now, especially in the West in the NBA, we're going to get some dogfights in the playoffs. And what's going to happen? We get a great seven game series, Memphis Phoenix or something, and everyone's going to go the basketball was off the charts and everyone's going to forget about all that load oh, management. Oh, that's how it always goes. Always those bad games we got to see and then um, Adam Silver's going to see what's wrong with the product. And that's what's going to drive me crazy because we're going to go on because we're getting a little long in this show. We got to move on to the big one. Which is what I'm going to say the first time ever NBA upsurped the Super Bowl for a couple of seconds this week. Like what what moves a monolith? Nothing touches the monolith which is the shield. You know what I mean? This is the NFL and for at least 10 minutes the Super Bowl got put on the back burner. You know what I mean? Yep. First take the premier sporting show in America except for PTI but there's sure. the prime time but as a, as a big sports show we, we forget Shannon and Skip and Wake Up and all those other shows. Molly was the greatest when she said, I cannot believe I'm in Arizona for the Super Bowl week, and we're going to start off with the NBA. That's Molly Q, and she's not even the main pundit on the no, show. She's, she's just a moderator. Great moderator, by the way. I think she's got the hardest job in sports. I really <laughs> do. Stephen A. in check. And all the other personalities that come in, like, they, 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 like they, there's a sausage fest going on, and she's just the only girl in there, and she's got to hold it on. And the other girls that do replace Molly, they're okay, yeah. but they're not Molly. Oh, well, that, that just comes from reps, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But she's, she's most excellent on the show. And even when she puts in her two cents, and I like the fact that she shows she's such a New York giant diehard. Oh, God, yeah. like, like, I'm... I'm a, I got my Detroit Lion love. Like, this is a female on there that puts in her two cents about um, about the New York Giants. And what she did this this uh, week was, was amazing. And the playoffs started, and they were down in Tampa Bay. And you know how much Stephen A. hates the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. And they go through that thing, so they had to do it. Molly had to wear a Dallas Cowboy back shirt. Now, I thought it was odd that she's in a Cowboy shirt. Okay. Got to the end of the show, it was over, and she's talking about team play, how you get forward and that, and she goes, you don't think I'm a team player? The producers asked me to wear a Dallas Cowboy jersey, and I did, and I'm a New York Giant diehard. In my book, that just put her up a statute level because she took one for the team. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't want to, What's the last jersey she wants to wear? <laughs> it's, probably, it's either like Cowboys, Eagles, or Washington. One of the three. Yeah. She don't want to wear those jerseys, but she took one for the team. I thought it was very interesting that she brought that up, and she brought it up from a female aspect, which will let you know I'm not against all females being on television. Just, just the, the terrible ones. ones. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? But in any event, we got to bring it up. And what's your take on the Super Bowl, bro? We haven't talked about this in a couple weeks. You made some funny picks along the way. So I... Okay. Certainly did. I just want to say this when we check the tapes, we go back very early. What did Cruz say who was going to win the Super Bowl? You said it was going to be KC. Where are we at now? I believe you had the Eagles as the other team. I thought they were going well. to be close too, yeah. I know, but way back in the beginning, I thought it was going to be the Rams or the Philadelphia. You want to go way back no, but when like we started a few the season. weeks ago, I, I think you were leaning Eagles. Yeah, that's what I said. I thought yeah. it would be Eagles and, and KC, but I, I had KC winning the Super Bowl way, 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 way back, and it was all because of. Patrick Mahomes. Now, the thing is, though, no one's won MVP in the Super Bowl in, like, 24 years. 
Is this the same as the Boston? The Boston I was going to bring okay, that up. So we got is, are we due? Are we due? I think we are. Because Kurt Warner was the last one to was win both, one, right? Win 1999. Brady should have done it the year they went 16-0. and 0. There was that one, and then there was the one where they lost to um, – to the Eagles as well, I think yeah, he was MVP, MVP that year yeah. too. Yeah, but that was we're gonna we're gonna argue about that. We don't. I know that's sensitive to you, and I say that's Bill Belichick's worst move. Uh whatever. It's fine. I I don't agree with that. But like, I, honestly, the the sixteen and one that's a lot more painful. Oh, that one was. There. I was <laughs> mad. I was mad. I'll never forget. I was in there. I was at that's a long time ago. My wife will still tell me because I'm not. I'm a Brady guy. Okay, oh, everyone know. knows a Brady guy. Okay, when they lost that game. On that catch, I was like shattered personally. I was. I was ruined. I just, I said, is this how you do it? This is like in the Matrix when they almost pull the plugs in when they say, is is this how we're going to go before they get saved? It was like that. Like, this is how we go out? You know what I mean? And I I still can't believe. Two, Two amazing things to happen on the same play. Oh, Unbelievable! First, I don't. I'll never forget how Eli escaped. I, I, I that still boggles my mind. How, how he we got is, out of that? I don't know how he. What the fire the ball down there? That's his Hall of Fame. That I will think get that gets him game. too. So now I've heard a lot of talk about this week, and we we're talking about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And at the end of the season, when the Super Bowl is all over, I think that not next show, but in, maybe the next show we should bring it up. We're going to bring to the table who we think are the ten greatest quarterbacks of all time. We've done this, haven't we? No, we have not. We have not. Didn't we? Do we, we did? Who, we greatest? did this in the bar and we announced we it on the show. Did we announce it on the we show? We did. I don't remember announcing it on the show. Okay. I so think we th- did. Okay, check the tapes. But, anyways, now, where is Mahomes on this list? Is Mahomes trending towards the greatest of all time? Uh, definitely. Like, if, if, if he wins this one, I think that probably puts him on the list. Maybe knocks out, like, Terry Bradshaw or something. Maybe okay, but I think we had him on our list, but maybe not. I'm gonna have to. No, we didn't have Mahomes because he said he didn't have enough time in it, right? Yeah, that was our okay. Argument. So then let's revisit. If Mahomes wins, whether he wins it or not, I still think he has to be in consideration because he's done something that not anybody, that only Brady has done. You know what that is, right? Five straight appearances in the AFC oh, Championship, the championship games. Game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like who's done that? Brady and Mahomes are now yep. the only guys that have gone five years in a row. Now we get now. Here's a guy that I'm going to bring up that I feel sorry for, and it's his former team that's there. Is that Donovan McNabb did go to four conference championship games in a row, and people don't respect the fact that you get to the the championship game. You got it. So J- Joe Burrow has got a nice little track record in his three years in the league. Because what's he got? Yeah, he's been to two championship games already. And a Super Bowl. Yep. So let's not disregard another guy that's going to build a resume because I think Joe Burrow is amazing too. I think he's so much fun to watch. Oh, and he, now, he's Cincinnati was getting, like, especially the freaking mayor there was getting so obnoxious in that lead up to the championship game. But they the, deserve to lose. The, oh, God, yes. They deserve I mean, to lose. like, there was a lot of ref ball involved there. Like, some of the some of the penalties in that game were ridiculous that went against Cincinnati. But I thought a couple penalties against San Fran in the other game were pretty bad too. They were, but San Fran I think beat themselves more, and like the, yeah. the spread in points there was like they weren't winning that game. I don't think the refs cost them that game. No, no. Do you think the refs had something to do with like cost a little bit more? Because I'm going to tell you this much: you had to make the call at the end. 
You had oh, to no, make no, that, no. that, that guarantee. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with that call. That was a stupid penalty by that player. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's gonna Mahomes was out of bounds. Like and you game the, you, the, that, the flag that had to go. And you put him in field goal range. Oh, there you go. And it was game over. Yeah. Now they're in the Super Bowl. That really cost them. They're they're, they're up for Joe Burrow to go back to back Super Bowls. That's what it cost them. Yep. However, was there the call on Kelsey? Is that the one you're you're talking about? <laughs> that cost the first down. The call on Kelsey. That was a bad. Uh, was... Or was that a Kelsey call? Like what do you mean? Like it the was reputation okay, kind um, of thing? Yeah, kind of like in the and, and it was incidental con. Yeah, it was incidental contact. Okay, there were six other plays in the game that you could show because I watched it later that were there that they could have called too. Yeah. Why did they call that one? Oh, by the way, that was on third down. Yeah. Okay, all right. Now let's say something, and I hear a lot of pundits say this, and I don't. There's a to- few like weird third down. Penalties. Yes, there was yeah. uh, for Kansas in Kansas City's yes, favor. Yes, exactly. I will admit there was a couple there. One was on the rookie running back who turned around the wrong way and he got shoved. <laughs> the ball went that way, and they, the flag went out. That one was a really weird one to me because I don't think he had any chance of catching that ball. No. Okay. No. Now, when you did the one against Kelsey, the ball came was coming that way, so it was a subjective call. Yeah. And the ref said. <laughs> Advantage Casey. Advantage Casey. Okay, so I, I will say that, but I, I'm saying that is um, the there. There's some weird shit that went on. Like, why didn't they pull the flag on the Devonte Smith reception, which really wasn't a reception? So why Couldn't did the referees you. come out there? But that's in the middle of the game. Yeah. So I I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it because I I've, I'm a slave to nobody. I'm retiring in a year. I'm going to have more time to do this than ever. I'll even be a better. Call us in a year when when we the house is be the foundation for the mansion is in. What I'm going to say is this: is that sometimes I go, is there a Vegas call? Someone has come up lately <laughs> oh, with the theory. I, yeah. Someone's come up with the theory recently, and we're going to look this up because I can't I can't believe this. But they say that the NFL and WWE are the same. <laughs> Oh, you do you you heard about um, was it Arian Foster? He yeah. had the comments that like there's a script. There's a script. Yeah, it was Arian Foster. I, I think I think that was like tongue in cheek. I think it was you know what yeah. it is. It, I, I think it was tongue in cheek too, but I also think it's sour grapes. Oh yeah, on his it, part it could be both. It on his part <laughs> yeah. because you know what you know what Arian Foster is, and if you boys are listening there, everybody in pheasant run football, and I've been telling this because our our fantasy football team is now in its seventeenth season, but. All of these kids that are in it, I'm the old man in it. All the kids that are in it are only in their 30s. So when we started this league, they were all in their late teens. Okay. Okay. So one of the theories that I've had, and and I'm taking this to the bank, is I say small running backs do not last in the NFL. Now it's no running backs on anyone now. But back then when I would say that, and if you remember, Arian Foster was a fantasy football beast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. For how long? (laughs) <laughs> Not long. Yeah. My 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 other one is, and that's when my youngest son, bless his soul, Priest Holmes, another exhibit. Yeah. Joe Mixon is going to be next on my list. Ooh, I love Joe Mixon. Yeah, he's great. He ain't big. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not big. So my theory is, it's like the Kia car. If you're going to buy a car, <laughs> don't you want a Kia? I do have a Kia. That's why I'm bringing up Kia. For the first five years, you own a Kia, and it's under guarantee. It's the best car in the market, I think. You can't beat it. It's economic. Look, you, you're driving a Kia. How great are Kias? It's fun to drive. I like and, it and, and, and I don't know anybody that doesn't own a Kia that does not have superlatives to say about the car. 
I don't know anybody that owns a seven-year-old Kia. Oh, they don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> it's like finding a, like a 10-year-old BMW on the road. You just can't. No, you won't find that yeah. either. Isn't that, is that, that, that's was my theory with uh, running backs. Like small running backs. They just didn't know. I mean, Tony Dorsett was one of the exceptions to the rule. But if you think of all the great running backs of all time, even though Emmett Smith was 5'11", guy was 240. Yeah. Okay, Arian Foster was 5'11", 210. Yeah. Priest Holmes is what? 5'10", 210. Okay, so they got a little bit of girth, but it's called... That's why McCafferty on San Francisco, I think he's he's passed, he's almost past his best before date. Oh, yeah. I think that it was a great, great that he got to San Francisco and they opened it up for him more because he took too much abuse in Carolina. Oh, yeah. But he's also taken some shots here in San Francisco for, sure. you, for the usage. But they know... But they, I think they know it's like a small window that they have, so like they kind of went all in with him. I think that was part of the plan. I think that what's even more for San Francisco was is that I really, I really wish they had a quarterback that they could have proved that they could have done more is the fact that they've got the other weapons. they got Debo, they got a nuke, and Kittle. they've got Kittle. So, you know what I mean? That, that takes a little pressure off McCafferty and that he oh, didn't yeah. have all of those tools in Carolina, oh, yeah. so there's less chance of him getting away. And when he does get a play, he gets open field. Because one thing is about, about McCafferty, I've noticed if he's going through the line and stuff, he's taking the hits. But when he goes out in the little flare plays and stuff, he knows how to get down. He's learned how to get out of the way, so he's not taking the big shots like he was in Carolina. Because mm-hmm. remember him coming through the hole there and there's a linebacker with 50 pounds on him. Boom! Down you go. Like, you get a guy that 50 pounds heavier than me keeps hitting me, after a while, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm just going to go home. So, Mr. Milani, I want to know what's your take on the game. What do you think is going to go on? Because I'm going to go very expansive here because uh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what's going to go on during this game, in my opinion. What do you think? Who are you taking? I got to take be, Kansas City. I'm taking City. Rihanna for a great halftime? No. Oh, that's a good thing, yes. And I hope that she's wearing – no, I'm not going to go there because then my wife will be yelling at me. I'm not. Gonna I, I can. Uh, uh, it's okay. I'm not in a relationship now, so I can say. So it. we can say. Uh, we, I, I'm going to say the best. Fine. Okay, so she. The, one of the best things about the Super Bowl will be Rihanna's attributes at the halftime show. Can I put it that way? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm leaning Eagles. Okay. I don't exactly feel too confident in that pick, though. I know that Jalen Hurts has not looked exactly that great. Uh, okay, okay. Weeks. here's my take on the Super Bowl. Let's take a look at the last 10 games that the Philadelphia Eagles have played against. The only one that threw downfield was the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. No other team threw downfield. Everyone says, well, that's because they got the best corners in the league and Darius Slay and what's his name. However, I'm saying this. Patrick Mahomes is going to air it out, and they've never played a team that aired it out all the way like... Uh, Mahomes yeah. has, I mean, Kansas City has played. Number two is Jalen Hurts looked terrible against San Francisco throwing wise. He missed three guys wide open. He missed AJ Brown. Oh, some terrible throws. He had guys wide. They should have been six points on the board. So is his shoulder 100%? We have two weeks off to show it. But I'm going to tell you what Chris Jones and that front line on Kansas City are so underrated. They're going to have a four man pass rush. They're going to drop everybody back. So who's going to win it for Philadelphia? It's going to have to be A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because they're going to have to win it. Because I think Mahomes is just going to do his magic, and it's going to be everybody. He's going to win by committee. But if Philadelphia's going to win, it's going to have to be a win because they're going to stuff the box. They're going to because because oh, they can run it. We know they can run it. Yeah, and so can Philly run. Philly can run. So you know what? That's what I'm saying. Philly Philly can can run. run. Yeah. So I think that Kansas City is going to have to say stop the run. That should be their number one objective, and they have the potential to stop the run. So if they stop the run, Kansas City and Mahomes gets his second ring. 
I'm a little worried about that KC defense, though. In what way? The red zone defense has not been good. One of the worst in the league, they say at yeah. the time. But guess what? If they keep them out of the red zone, what do you got to do? Hasn't their secondary been a little shaky at times, too? Uh, if, agreed. If, if Philly does decide to air it out to A.J. Brown, I mean, they could find him wide open in some pockets. Okay, so I'm going to put it to you this way. Last time I checked, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't they have Higgins, Boyd, and Chase? So Kansas City just beat a team. This is, this is at neutral ground, though, don't forget. Completely different ball game. Okay, still we're on neutral ground. Who do you think has a better receiving core, Cincinnati or Philadelphia? And that's a huge question because <laughs> they got Godard as a tight end too on Philadelphia. Yeah. So they got or, no, it's not no, no. He went to he went there. The other guy they got they got that big tight end in Philadelphia. No, Goddard. Yeah. Is it Goddard? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So look at that. They've got that. They've got so there. So who's got the better receiving core? I think Cincinnati's got the better I, receiving core because they got that tight end with the funny name. Yeah. So if Kansas City's secondary just beat Joe Burrow, what what can't can't they beat Kansas City? Sing. Because there's one uh, caveat that we haven't brought up. That's Philly's got Philly's a lot more balance in offense. Though there's a little bit more they could throw at you. Really? I think so. yeah, they, they can run the Cincinnati ball. Cincinnati and Joe Mixon. Yeah, but like Philly's got the, the Philly's got like a number of running backs that could do it. Their quarterback can run. Okay, you're getting closer to what I'm getting at. Keep talking, and I'll tell you what the big factor is. Let's hear it. The O line on Philadelphia could win the game. Mm. That could be the best O line in football. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. I'm saying like an O-line, I go to the school, no O-line, no football team. So I think that Mahomes is going to find a way to win the game. I'm going with Kansas City here, and I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be like a 31-28. I think it's going to be a close game yeah, too, but I'm I, taking the Eagles. Okay, so we got we got a beer on this game for the Eagles. So we're Shake just gonna, we're shaking it here, and even in different uniforms, and this <laughs> is the way we go. But we're going to say that we just hope that everybody out there Enjoys the Super Bowl, but number one, drink safely. Just be safe in general, be, be please. Be safe because Super Bowl night is considered one of the craziest nights when you go. And people, it's kind of like New Year's. People do too much that they don't normally do because they think it's an event to do it. And I like beer as much as the next one. As a matter of fact, I've been sipping on one pint for the whole show. It's getting warm. I need a new one. <laughs> so let's be safe that way. I just want to say this much. Um, everybody enjoy the game. Don't you agree? I agree. Enjoy the halftime show. Enjoy, enjoy the, everything. And that's the way it's going to be. Enjoy we, the company you're in. And it, most importantly of all, enjoy the company you're in. And I want to say this one more time. Uh, I want to enjoy. I enjoy the company that I keep when I'm doing the house that happened with a 30-year-old. So I just want to say... Uh, anything else to say? My name is Cruz. Uh, uh, there's a couple... There's one more thing I want to get to. I just sure, want to talk about do. how disappointed I am in this... Soccer Canada thing, not in the players at all for going on strike. Like by all means, like that's their right and they're upset. Like, do your thing. But I mean, it's just so frustrating. Like Soccer Canada, like they're cutting the like whatever they're making budget cuts with the teams. Then like it seems this money is just being like funneled up to the higher ups. It, it, that's disgusting. Soccer Canada, we clearly got a long way to go. Like with between this and the Hockey Canada shit, it's like it's fucking disappointing. You know, it's really, I'm really glad you brought this up because you got to realize that we're going to have some World Cup games in our country yeah. the next time around, so we better clean it up as quickly as we can. As a matter of fact, every time we're going to end the house that happens, we'd like to have a 
uh, a serious take like that from Mr. Milani. That's most excellent, bro. I'm glad you brought that up because we would have been remiss if we didn't bring up the situation, considering we're going to be hosting yeah. World Cup games within four years. I, I love soccer. Like I've been, I know. I, I've been behind this program when like no one else was. Like, Agreed. I was, I was that guy like Agreed. telling people this team was going to make the World Cup when no one believed me. And like just, just, just the to know like we already knew that things were a shit show. We've known this for a long time there at Soccer Canada, but to have this recent, the way that's yeah. being unfolding is just horrible. We're going to keep timing. you, you know what? Here at the house, that happens. We're going to keep you on point with this that situation and anything else that affects what goes on inside the lines, outside the lines. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't need that. Because we're here for W's and L's. And that's the way we want to keep it. And the occasional tea. And the occasional <laughs> tea. That's just the way it works. But in any event, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. <laughs>